That's right. There it is. That's That's right. That's my icon. (laughs) That's right. Hey, what's up, people? This is episode 21. It is sponsored by NY Varsity Sports and by the New York Yankees. I am Jason DeBellis, and we are in episode 20. Started as a volleyball podcast, but I told you I was going to branch away. You, You were looking for interesting people, and me, I got to give the people, I give the people what they want. <laughs> Alexandra, Coco, what's good? Hello, it's me. What the people want? <laughs> what were we talking about before we got on the set? What well, were we talking about? Um, we were talking about our favorite swear words. <laughs> yes, favorite swear words, and we have one in common. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Asshat. Asshat. Is my favorite swear oh, word. Oh, it's and such a I good am, thing to call someone. And I started using it around the same time we did our production um, uh, for Conceal Her on Broadway. Uh, Broadway in Houston, right? Yeah, it's like, like holy Broadway shit. where? Yeah, Broadway. In, That's right, it was. It was hey, in an art gallery. on Broadway, yeah, so yeah, technically they speaking. can go kick rocks. <laughs> so Asshat. Miranda, my, my host, my tech, yes, my tech yes. girl, what's your favorite swear word? My favorite is an old classic. I like Dipshit. Oh, it's so I good. I feel like it's not that crude dipshit to is say, and it like hits you to the core. So satisfying. You're like you're just a dipshit. Dipshit. Oh. Dipshit. It seems way more insulting than anything Dude. else. To me. It's a really good one because it, it insults somebody. Like it goes after like like their intelligence almost. You're yes. just Like ugh. It's also timeless. Oh yeah, it's you like could see, you could see it in the '80s movie. Yeah, and yeah. then and then and then uh, Robert Downey Jr. You could hear him use it in like Avengers, like uh, Infinity Wars. So we're, yeah. we're on your side, dipshit. <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are you hassling us for? I gotta say, I really, I mean, I hate if I think too hard about it. I hate it, but I really love the word motherfucker. Yeah, because yeah. it's something about the four syllables. Mm-hmm. It's percussive. It can be used in multiple so ways. ways. Yeah. It can you be used like when like you stub it. your toe. You can call somebody it. You can be like, motherfucker. Like, if you're happy. Okay, good. That's her example. What's your example of how to use motherfucker? Go. Oh, my gosh. Um... <laughs> I put you on the spot. None <laughs> of the ones that I said. You have to have new I know, ones. I know. Like, All right, there's an HBO drama I'm... called um, The Wire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where, um, Felicia was trying to buy a, 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 a nail gun. Uh-huh. And this dude is like, oh, this is the Cadillac of nail guns and this and that. And she's like, um, she's like, yeah, I like this shit. I like this. So she gives him the money. He's like, you're supposed to pay a pair. She's like, nah, you handle that shit. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And he's like, it's 650 You gave me $800. And she says, you keep that. You earn that buck like a motherfucker. <laughs> like a motherfucker. That's, that's another how, way to use that's it. A, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite ways to use it. That's Go another ahead, really good me. way to use it. I feel like I use fuck more than motherfucker. I don't yeah. really use motherfucker. You can use it endearingly, too. I'm like, Fuck. But but how about using it endearingly? Sam Jackson. Or which one's your wallet? Pulp Fiction? The one that says bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it because it's versatile. Bad, bad motherfucker. You know what I've also started saying recently, and mm-hmm. I don't know where I got it. It's not a swear, but rats. Rats? <laughs> like if something yeah. doesn't work out, I'm like, oh, rats. I'm mm-hmm. like, where did I, what was I watching? Newsies? <laughs> like, where did I get that? Get <laughs> but I can Bale. say it around children, baby Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah baby Bale. I just feel like baby the Bale. older you get, the more like old lady cuss words you start to say. Just mm-hmm. Because Good you're ones. more aware of your surroundings yeah. and you're like, I gotta, I gotta let it out somehow. Plus, I look after kids. Like, oh, you do. That's, that's one of my day jobs, so I gotta, I gotta watch myself. Oh my one time God. I was they playing. They must love you, dude. They do. Um, I mean, I've been with them for a long time, so I'm sure they hate me as much as they hate anyone else they've known for a long time. But uh, I was babysitting this one kid once and we were playing chess and she beat me and I just wasn't thinking and I just went, shit. Oh, man. And she was like, 
god. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I, I, please don't tell your parents. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm telling and I might. I'm telling and I might make up something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Avengers Endgame, Iron Man, like, um, he's like, he discovered like a way to travel the time. It's like, shit. And his little kid was like, Shit, shit. Don't, don't, no, 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 don't say that. Don't like, what say are you doing it. up? I'm some, some, some shit here. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that's how we start our podcast on Facebook Live for people who don't like profanity. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so let's, um, we met um, doing a show, a showcase. Mm-hmm. We won't call it a show. Let's call it a showcase. But yeah. Fuck it. Broadway's Broadway. Um, Michael and... Uh, um, Ariel Parkis mm-hmm. wrote a play or a showcase called Conceal Her. Conceal Her. That's yes. right. Her and um. Not concealer. Conceal Her. Yeah. Conceal Her. Yeah, and block and block letters to make it the operative word in, yes. in the uh, in um whatever. Let's um let's indulge in the audience and tell people what that was about. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> it was about it was a criticism of the expectations put on women to like look pretty. Yes. I know that. Mm-hmm. I I. That was, I, and I know that I played the mom, and you played the dad, right? Yes. We were married. I That's just right. <laughs> I think I had two wives, but you were. I, I think, think you, you might have. You had were number two one. Aww, um, was, what was, was that? Who, who, God, names. We're not even going to do I names. <laughs> I feel terrible. No. It was, t- it was like ten years ago. It was, it was almost ten years yeah. ago. It's true. Yeah. So basically, for those of you listening, conceal her was was exactly what she said. It was about. Uh, it was theme based on how, um, and definitely character driven, uh, on how unrecognizable women would be or will be if they don't put on their uh, mask. Let's call it their mask. Yeah, it was very, um, it involved a lot of like extreme makeup and and costumes that were sort of an absurdist, like hyper realism of, so really, really long eyelashes and really really big lipstick and could you look up conceal her we're looking up the uh, the ass of a dead dog on as far as finding it on i've never on heard the that internet one but um um geez sorry <laughs> it was it was good though it was, i remember it being um a fun process yeah i i I, I only brought it up because my favorite part was you and i were in it and um our daughter, right, was supposed to get yes. married. Yes. And then and she, she just had to got do a blowjob so, scene. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, <gasps> she had to do a blowjob. Oh. I mean, it was very. It's gonna be that part. No, it was. It was <laughs> not. It was Eric, very. Eric Iriola. Eric. Yeah. He was yep, the yep, guy. Yep, yep, he yep. was the main. The, 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 he, he was the poor guy who had to act out an orgasm. That was. Oh my gosh. Come on. I felt for them so bad. Look, he's like. They were so professional. I mean, it wasn't. There was no contact. No. It was very stylized but no like, but the shot like the scene yeah. and the, the angle that that we had to use to make it look real yeah. had to make we made the audience cringe as like did, wait yes. a second eric is particularly good on this scene yeah <laughs> as far as reacting mm. <gasps> oh <laughs> legs start left he did God, the stank oh leg. he did the stank leg no but my favorite part of the I've, scene i've like blocked all this out <laughs> well this <laughs> My favorite part of the scene. Yeah, we're, we're the parents, right? Yeah. Come on. It's, it's my like, daughter. Ah! No. Oh, my God. And I'm definitely a dad. I'm like, come here. Let me talk to you for yeah, a minute. Yeah. Um, let me talk to you for a minute. Um, <laughs> no, but my favorite part was when she was in the uh, getting married, right? And she had mm-hmm. the makeup, um, just makeup, like you had to chisel it off. She had yeah. so much on. Yeah. She had the little crown. She had. She was dressed in white in her the white dress. The crown was made of um, magazine pages yes 
it's all coming back. Yes. <laughs> it's like Vogue, all, all chic, back like, together. But no, but every mag- magazine that promoted um, like style and fashion. Right. Those magazines. Yeah. Out. So she just gets so hot and bothered. Her character or our daughter just starts ripping off everything. She takes off the makeup. She yeah. towels, towels, towels off the makeup. She takes off the, the dress, just throws it off. And she's nothing but like her, like some kind of undergarment. Yeah, she had like a tank top um, and underwear on. No makeup. And still might have had the crown on. Um, it's not going to be on YouTube. It's definitely not going to no. be on YouTube. <laughs> but um, so basically, Miranda, what happens is you know what she strips herself down, half naked, no makeup, and I walk into the room and I'm like, "Have you seen my daughter? Oh yeah, Did she you go didn't out. Recognize She's her. supposed to get married, <gasps> right? And then you come and you're like, "Where's our daughter?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And you're like, "Who's this?" And I'm like. Maybe like family of the groom. <laughs> we, oh my we God, you remember know. so much more than I do. So what happened was the stylist puts it on a mannequin because the mannequin was used to hold the dress right. so she could take it off and put it on. Uh-huh. You know, like the mannequin uh-huh. is what, was like the hanger. Yeah. Uh, like the hanger like for the, the bride. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is we run back in the room. We see the mannequin and the bride just, oh, thank God. <laughs> Where have you been? There's our daughter. The wedding's about to start. We just, Let's go. And we run off. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, we were bad parents in that play. We were not good parents. Worst parents. Worst parents ever. ever. And you know what I just realized? <laughs> if you go onto my website, uh, um, on the side of the mm. resume page, there is a picture of me in costume from that play. It's, and that's what it's I was a deep dive, for. but I, I know Where that there is, uh, it is www.alexandracopco.net because apparently someone already had .com. Um, wow. K O P K O. That on K O P K O. Alexandra Kopka. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's on the res- the resume page. But I remember that I was wearing like um, it was made out of those like shoe racks. Yes. Uh, uh, those things that you hang on the back of a closet. Mm-hmm. And I had like a hairbrush and makeup and wipes and st- I had like all these beauty products in the pockets. Uh-huh. So like that was like my baggage. Oh my god, that was great! But my Good favorite time. line, and I meant to start the episode like this. I wanted the, uh, the intro to come and then like fade out, and then I was just gonna say, "Never let a man see your clumps." <laughs> what clumps? I didn't remember it either. <laughs> no, but there was a whole scene where I had I took a needle. Mm-hmm. This poor girl trusted me so much. I took a needle and had to like separate her eyelashes. Because they were clumpy ah. from mascara. Yeah. And so I had to like get in there with, with a real needle next to her yeah. eye. Yeah. Oh. Now, in my family, it was a big challenge for me because in my family, my mom, all the women in our family, um, all the women in our family are big on, on, on the way they wear makeup. And the way, really? the way we predicate it is the whole point of makeup is not supposed to look like you're wearing makeup. Yeah, right. So if you come out, you, you come to my house looking, so like, a ra- looking the, like a raccoon. That's what you're supposed you know to do. what I'm saying? I might think you're a burglar. I might shoot you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you come in there looking like... Looking like right, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it's so funny when guys are like, I like I like girls with no makeup on. And we're like, you don't like, know what candid. you like. You have no that, idea. That look takes at least 10 minutes. Yeah, sir. you're like, mm-mm. You have no clue. As someone that was one of those guys that constantly repeated that, I, I, I'm older now. I yeah, know, you I know, know better, better now. You know the no makeup means quite Listen, a bit. You've seen actual no makeup Look, enough times. I don't consider be- fair experience. I consider experience experience. So let's see the uh, the shot. I, I like the I like it's, I like the headshot on it. It's on there. It's on this. Oh, right it's now. Over, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that was Which nope, one? That one. 
Nice. <laughs> there's my resume, everybody. Oh my god, that was. <laughs> but look, there's the. Awesome. Um, don't call her. I'll cut don't off call the phone me. number. Don't call don't me. Don't call her unless it's personal. <laughs> but yeah, it was very intense makeup, and we were wearing like leotards underneath. Full Monty. Oh yeah, that was. Fun. Do you know that's one of my favorite okay. movies of all time? Way before Is the it? musical, um, 1997, the yeah, movie. Yeah, Robert Carlyle. And the movie was so good that it was one of the few times the entire audience didn't leave. You know, like the movies, and, and, and I'm one of these guys that stays for the credits. You know, that's just, just an act. We that's, all do it now, yeah, just that's, in case that's there's respect. a post-credits scene about yeah, that's the That's how they get, that's how they honeydick people, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how they, sorry, honeydick. That's how they hoodwink people. No, I like honeydick. Uh, um, <laughs> um, and it was one of the few times the entire audience, uh, um, I believe in Miracles is playing at the end, you know. Yep. And everyone's just big, uh... still laughing. Everyone's still cracking up at the dance routine and this so and that. Good. And um It's a great movie. Oh my God. And I love when he's like, uh, what if they, you know, what if they don't like us and this and that? And he's like, they were, he's looking at a nude magazine. He's like, you just criticize that those, that girl's boobs. And yeah. he's like, he's like well, I ain't saying that about her personality. He's like, well, they're not going to be talking about our personality either. Nice and he says, and I'll tell you this, gents. Anti-wrinkle cream they have. Anti-fat bastard cream they don't. <laughs> That's a really good Robert Carlyle. <laughs> like that. Check you out. Yeah. Well, There's what, a whole number in the musical well, one, about that. Yeah. Well, one of my gifts that actually, I think it actually got me recruited at Marymount is I adapt sounds. Like I, oh. I listen to someone long enough. Yeah. And I did it just for fun, but I guess you know a few years. Who's of like your you, favorite front of, pocket impression? Um, I have a friend named Ricardo Tim. He's from Trinidad. Well, we'll um, all recognize that. Served in the military voice. together, and then we ended up becoming roommates. He. What does he sound like? Now he's an outlier because he was the only. There's five people in his house, fourteen rooms, big house in Brooklyn, and he was the only guy that didn't play volleyball, so we stuck him in the basement. You know, oh, he says, oh, you stick the fucking short guy in the basement. I'm like, shun the non-believer. Well, well, he's the only guy under six feet tall. He's like five feet wide. He's a bodybuilder. But um, cool. We gave him the basement, but we made it sound attractive. Your basement has your own kitchen, dude. It's got your own bathroom. And all of these things were true. Right. You know, but we knew we were going to be having volleyball parties upstairs. And he works at night. You know, he sleeps during the day. So Mm -hmm. so, um, what happened was one of my roommates moved in with two cats. Right? Not neutered. Not fucking fixed. Oh, so dear. you know what happens. They're oh, caterwauling. caterwauling. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. So this cat comes by his door. There's a laundry room and then there's his door. And the cat uh, just basically puts them out to the door. goes, wow, 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 wow. So one night he busts into my room, just kicks the door open. It's three in the morning, right? And he's wearing spandex <laughs> and he got nothing he's a bodybuilder dark as fuck too he could put he, he could put fingerprints on charcoal uh, he, he he goes <laughs> no nah, he's, he's he you he can go to nice could get marked absent so um he comes in looking like hercules spandex dark dark as hell um not not skin we talked about that but like right. dark and dark in in the, in the room mm-hmm. and in his trini accent he said bro he said listen Burn gotta get them fucking cats speeded. He said the cat's singing by my door, Jason. He says, um, he says I go, I chase the cat away, and I go back to bed. The cat come back again. And he said, if you got money for video games, you could get his fucking cat snipped. So the whole time, I'm I, ha- I appreciate this man's logic. Yeah, of course. Yeah, cause, yeah. cause don't you have friends that can't pay their rent, but all, but but they got all the state of the art shit in their room. We all went through that age, okay. Yes. That's why everyone people ask me, you looking for a roommate? I'm like, you can go suck. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> go kick rocks, you kick know. Kick rocks. Um, yeah, cleaning this. Nice up diversion. No, but when he came in, he, I was scared because I didn't know why. I was behind the sheet, I'm like this, <laughs> right? But then when I found out what it was for, I was just, 
<laughs> Dude, just, just, just throw them throw them out. <laughs> I don't care. Throw them out in the backyard. Get them out there. Hope they don't come back pregnant. Have you ever had that like in New York where you know you have like an alley facing room or something and yeah. they just start mm-hmm. fighting and screaming cat screaming cats at three in the morning echoing through an alley is the most terrifying sound. <sighs> Yeah. It's so loud and it's so scary. It is. I fully sympathize with this basement man. Yeah. And he was just, at the time he was a security guard for the Daily News building or oh, uh, wow. and, um and now he's doing now he, you know, he stayed with it and now he's he's like one of these higher ups at the Sheraton. So good I say for him. I say good for him. You yeah. know, ex military guy, you always want to give him theirs. You, you know, go, Glenn we, we actually served the same time. So nice. we joined we actually joined the same time. We studied the same um uh occupational specialty with generator mechanics. I supported MI and uh, um, I think he supported Signal. Nice. But um Thank you for your service. Yeah, man. Pleasure, man. Yeah, man. This is pfft. I, I, you know, how you, you know how they could thank me for my service. Make sure they elect the right person. You know, shoot, yeah. man. We, 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 um, we're gonna explore. I invited you here because I know you and I are very passionate about mental health. Yes, and um, deeply passionate. And one of the things I didn't mention that I just wanted fresh in, in the conversation was how I make the strong assertion that almost every hot button political issue, where people are buttoned back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, common denominator mm-hmm. comes down to mental health. I agree. Um, uh, homelessness. Oh yeah. Homelessness. I mean, these. Oh, some of these guys. Okay, they're broke. They're down on their luck in, and and sure. and you're always going to meet different kinds of homeless people because that guy was a millionaire. This one's wife left him, right. and then there's just some people who they're just mentally out of it, and yeah. and they're and they're forgotten, and they're out on the street, and they're not being treated, and and um, and it's bullshit you know it's, it's bullshit because bullshit. it's bullshit because the money that you know we we spend on everything and i'm um i'm more in the middle you know you know i lean left or whatever but i'm sure. more in the middle um when it comes to spending i'm like i'm not i don't want to waste our money on something unless it means something this yeah. this well, you know this means something you know it's like especially infuriating because so many of those people are veterans who yeah. who are dealing with trauma extremely valid trauma who um experienced it depending on the concept that their country would then look after them and they just don't make any they don't Mm -hmm. and the same politicians that tout uh supporting the troops and veterans uh, bring veterans up to support them and and make make the military their thing then vote down bills that will help struggling veterans in it that cognitive dissonance makes me insane yeah i i so it's so well it drives you mad because and i think everyone at this table agrees when it comes to defense spending to send someone somewhere Mm -hmm. you you never yeah you never hear someone vote that down all right Right. like everyone that opposed trump do you know a couple of weeks ago they actually approved his um military budget plan to to pimp our soldiers out to um to um to uh, what, uh Iran yeah no, um Saudi Arabia oh to Saudi Arabia yeah right. that's that's what we're doing we're basically uh, sending military um, battalions there and operating under 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 Saudi command which um as a, as someone who served is just and I mean I served um, my father served uh, my grandfather served um, mom's side Korean War grandfather's side mm-hmm. World War II wow. I got roots that trace all the way back to World War One. my wow. kid's sister who's 28 just did two tours in Afghanistan she lives Damn. in Virginia right now and she's educating herself she's finishing her PhD her. at UVA and this and that she's a she's um, fantastic she's the savage like everyone calls me the alpha of the family and I'm like you, you just don't 
no. <laughs> so, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of big on that. So, yeah. So I who mean, I'm it, voting for, I'm always, I'm always about what people say. And actually, no, you know, how long have you been in office and, and what have you done about it? And what right. are you doing about it? Right. Now, here's the thing about homelessness. And, yeah. and we're going to connect this to veterans. Um, the money's there. How the money's being spent. Yeah. Uh, the allocation of resources and how it's being spent is severely mismanaged. Example, New York. You're still in New York, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bronx, the James Peters VA in the Bronx. And there's one on 23rd Street. Mm-hmm. It's the best hospital I've ever been in my life. They have people from HSS that work there at night and uh, during the day and they, and they, do, they do shifts. Uh, and the medical care is in- incredible. That's I, fantastic. I come here to L.A., it is a disaster. It is a disaster, and I'm I'm with I'm with my girl, and my girl's like, she says, "You want me to put me on your I'm like, say, Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get take care of my teeth. <laughs> Got to take care of you know everything. So um, yeah. So, since I've been out here, almost everybody I've talked to has mm-hmm. had something to say about like how they're having a difficult time with their health insurance. Yeah, it's it, it's come up like every with everybody I've talked to, yeah. and they're not even veterans, just in general. No, so it well, seems like. Dying in America is the most really expensive know. thing you could ever do. Right, exactly. I don't really know what the details are with California's um, mm. health system. I've um, had my head in the sand as far as the California health system is concerned because once, you know, um, let's just say that I got a little money put away, but my girlfriend's got a little bit more. You know, if you're not a millionaire by the time you're 40, make sure you're married to one. That's, that's <laughs> I, I strongly encourage everybody to do that. So, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, and, I mean, I worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years, so I got a pension waiting for me there um, uh, on 72nd There's and Lex. There's so much I don't know about you. While Cornell. Yeah, well, that's that. why we're here, man. And listen, the people listening, they're, they're going to find out a whole bunch of things that I never knew about you and hey. and they didn't know and they more uh as more exclusively they didn't know about us. Here's another example how, uh, that's connected to mental health and this is more hot button gun um um armed violence. Mm-hmm. Armed violence. No one listen talking about mental health after someone shoots up a school is not the time to talk about mental health. That's more talking about having some kind of legislation to make sure that guns aren't in the wrong people's hands. I get that. Right. But there is some level of psychosis sure. uh, that makes someone um, want to go out and shoot up a whole bunch of people. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't even, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor and nope. I'm not a psychologist at nope. all. And I, I would never want anybody to take my word above somebody who is. Um, but it's always seemed to me like it's it, if you look at history, there's violence has been extremely omnipresent in the entire history of being a human being. I mean, yeah. a couple hundred years ago, that's how you solved it's in our problems. DNA. It's in our DNA. Yeah. A couple, I mean, a couple hundred years ago, shooting somebody was how you solved that problem. It's, yep. it's, it's <laughs> 15, 15 cases. It. Yeah. I mean, think about Bam, it. Bam, shit. I did it at 13. Hamilton. It's, yeah. a, I mean, it's, I was listening to it and I was like, duels are so stupid. Why would anybody do them? But they did. That was how yeah. they solved their problems. And, um, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that's a good way to solve your problems at all. No, I'm just saying, I don't think it takes an absolutely crazy person to kill. I think it takes, um, I think there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And I think there's different types of people who cause harm. And I, but I, I think that particularly in the case of like teenagers, Mm -hmm. um, things like that, uh, it's. It, it, it mental health is extremely relevant like yeah. you can be um 
you can have you can have a, a, a myriad of mental health health issues that cause you to want to hurt other people before you get to psychosis, I think. Of course. Um, and if you don't have the resources, that's yeah. I'm not excusing any behavior no. because so much of it is also driven by, you know, violent, toxic masculinity well, and, and um, uh, well, the biggest society one's and stuff like that. But I yeah. mean, the, the, what's yeah. the one thing, right? We don't have to be a doctor to say that. I mean, I don't look, you, you can do some study on, on, on enough stuff to know that you, you you know something right like i don't have to be a chef to know if a, ta- a steak tastes like shit right <laughs> okay <laughs> this this doesn't taste like steak what are you a chef no i'm not a chef so um right. no but fear is always dri- driving violence and i think the more fear that's implanted mm-hmm. in people or instilled but be it by the media be it by how parents raise them or who who they surround with makes them lash out sure and and, you, and that's like you said that's not psychosis no uh, I, I, because there's this big gray area big gray area where people are just absolutely. shooting up a, a, a lot of people <laughs> and i mean it's obviously something that takes a lot of nuance um when looking at how to address the problem, what drives me insane is when, when you propose gun control and then somebody who doesn't like that idea says mm-hmm. no mental health, as though that's the alternative. Yeah. and that's why I'm I said like, it's not. Yes, the, it's usually not the right time. Health. No, but it's usually not the right time to bring it up. That's why I was I was very very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I, got, I got some heat for that. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing as like if somebody says Black Lives Matter and you say. All, no, all lives matter. It's That's like, not the time to say you're it. You're not addressing, <laughs> not right, exactly, meaning that black lives matter. Like, it, it, it's yeah. when it's said with, like, the intention to contradict. Uh-huh. If if you, were, if you were to say, hey, I really want to solve this problem, I want to make sure that these shootings stop happening, I'm going to put a lot of money and a lot of research into mental health to try and solve that problem. Wonderful. Yeah. Like, where, yes. Where do we sign up? Absolutely. Yeah. I just I just don't like it when it's used as like a clobber like a like a weapon against gun control because yeah. it's not they should go hand in hand. There's there there's a middle ground. I think someone out there is making a ton of money to make sure people um, normal people don't operate under in the gray area, right? Yeah. Um, should well, there, should I mean, there be like the NRA? Like let's I'll give you an example. Some people and and I'll just use the right as an example because mm-hmm. it's lazy and it's general and I'm feeling lazy today. Fun. Uh, um, <laughs> will say that when they hear the word gun control, yeah. they automatically think what? They're coming from They're gonna come take They're gonna guns. come take all my guns away. Right, exactly. And then and then and then when they go take over the country, I don't have I don't have my arms to defend myself, right? I, I want to bear arm and arm bearers. Okay. Um yeah. <laughs> in fact, yeah, let's arm bearers. Um <laughs> arm bearers <laughs> Guys, let's arm bearers. That's a great political platform. Everybody can get behind that. Good thing you ain't hunting for bears, <laughs> otherwise you might get hurt. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> So listen, so you have one one side that's like, look, we want some kind of just legislation to make sure that they that they if someone has a gun, we know who they are. Then you have the other side saying it's oh it's my right, which is which is like my which is like my favorite line. I'm gonna I'm actually just gonna take a side here. Mm -hmm. My least favorite line is it's my right. Just because something's your right doesn't mean it's a great fucking idea. And also it doesn't mean that it's not complicated my grandma and my 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 mom's um father's side was seno okay she thought aliens were streetlights i don't want her having a gun because it's no. her <gasps> right because it's her right no. <laughs> well know? and rights so, are 
aren't like single word <laughs> sentences. Yeah. They're no. they're complicated. They no. there's details to them. Yeah, free speech, right? It's free yeah. speech free. You can't no. that doesn't mean you can shout fire in a in a crowded movie theater. That's mm. still illegal. Exactly. You can't Yeah. And also free it drives me crazy when people use the free speech thing to be like i got consequences for a thing i said like social consequences yes, like of course. people didn't like what i said and now they don't want to hang out with me that's not what free speech means no. it means you won't go to jail for saying something shitty thank you it doesn't Pres- mean that people have to hang out with you after you say it no like and listen for, for those of you that did for those of you that didn't get this plain english thing i will say it like this free speech pre- pre- uh, prevents you from being prosecuted by the government and right. more often than not it doesn't prevent other free speech it, <laughs> it is a yeah. double it is a double edged sword me saying okay. i don't like what you said is just as free like and i'm like i don't like what you said it doesn't mean that people yeah. have to come to your comedy shows and laugh like no that's that's what drives me crazy when, is when comedians do it and they're like nobody laughed at my joke I'm allowed to say it yeah but yeah. that doesn't mean that we have yeah. to find it funny like uh, can you allow me to use my free speech and saying you're playing the victim right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on man so um anyway what were we we were solving we were, homelessness How, no we were we were talking we were giving examples well arm we've already bears. solved we're gonna that. arm the bears we already <laughs> solved that All right, I'm gonna talk to Bernie okay from <laughs> you know Vermont you know they, they somebody's he, gotta get on he that wants level. people in Vermont to have guns because they all hunt you know Joe Rogan he's a hunter in fact he eats his own heat what he hunts which I, right, right, right. I, I, I praise that guy for that um no we were talking about how all these things connect to mental health um, yes and gun, well, gun violence is one of the things um suicides um yeah. um is one of those things that's bi- i'm big on because like freud uh, once said and i'm not a big freud guy uh, one's preservation of life is the very essence of sanity Right. You have to be fucking crazy if you want to kill yourself. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. No? I think, well, here's here's what I'll say. I So I'm wary even talking about it because I know that even just the mention of self-harm and suicide can 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 contribute to it happening in media. Mm-hmm. So um, trigger warning if anybody's listening, um, if, you know, if that's something you struggle with, uh, be aware that this is what we're talking about. Um, yeah. So my personal experience with that is that when I was in high school, um, a lot of my classmates died from suicide. We have what's called like a rash. Um, So between uh, like age 16 and age 20, I uh, I had lost um, six people that I knew to suicide and like three of them were good friends. So my, my experience with suicide is very uh, personal. And I, and I know that everybody, everybody from my hometown also feels also has been deeply affected. So that's that's really what got me into mental health as a as a subject of extreme passion because um I I I developed PTSD from it, um, which I'm very open about. I talk about it in my blog and um uh, I'm sure that a lot of people did in some way or experienced um trauma that lasted. But it um I've had to do a lot of work in therapy and things like that, processing what happened. And um, the way that I see it is, is I, I used to be very, very angry at anybody who did it. And it, it was a selfish decision. And um, how could they do this to the people that they love? And, you know, sometimes I still feel that way. Um, but I also, I, I've also been depressed and I've been lucky. My, my depression has, anxiety is really more my thing. <laughs> I'm more yeah. of like an anxiety girl, um, but <laughs> but I, I have experienced depression, and I've been lucky in that it's been short. I get like short bursts, um, 
And I, I go to a therapist once, sometimes twice a week. And I'm ex- an extremely active participant in my own mental health because, because I had access to it because I was raised in an environment that didn't shame me for it because I never grew up with any stigma about it. So like I already had a head start in working on my mental health and I'm very grateful about that. And I also acknowledge that that gives me a lot of privilege. Um, but, uh, so when I feel depressed, I, I, I am able to hang on to the fact that it won't last forever because I've had it and it's been short. Right. But for somebody who can't get out from under it, I can understand. Absolutely. I can, I can understand how it would just, I mean, it's, it's, it's an, illness like i can understand how it would just be so heavy on somebody that they really couldn't it's exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting i mean i don't know what your personal what you guys personal experience yeah well the levels of this and i'm I'm definitely going to share one but um, yeah you were you were you have legs right now well i mean and and it's very meaningful yeah i just i i've now gotten to a place with my own uh processing of of my closeness with that kind of thing um, to a place where I have extreme empathy about it. And, um, I don't know, I'm still a work in progress about it, but I've, I've, I've stepped away from thinking black and white about it. I've managed to, I've managed to get to a place with like time, uh, where, where my thinking about it is, is, is much more nuanced. And I try to lead with empathy. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's in fact, you steering the conversation this way is, is, is definitely a testament to the gray area that you're that you're more than willing to enter and share. Yeah. Right. I started black and white um, preservation of life. Freud, mm-hmm. for Christ's fucking sake. Oh, um, Freud. Um, yeah. So me, I told you before the podcast, my strength um, is I personalize my work. Yeah. Um, someone's like, you're what's your weakness? I said, I personalize my work. Right. Um, when your passion and when you're and and you know, and you as a volleyball player, Miranda, you can share this with me and chime in anytime you want. Um, when your when your passion becomes your career, and it's all you're about, the the ups and downs of those things are mm-hmm. magnified. Oh my god! Magnified yeah. fivefold. When I moved here, um, I moved here already with a big coaching resume. All right. I'm, I've been coaching for 21 years at that time or 19 years. Um, I've been playing for almost 30. I played overseas, you know, NCAA, did, did a cup of coffee at Hunter before I went to um, uh, Marymount, Manhattan. You know, the only D3 team that got invited to like EIVA. Um, and then you come here and they don't know you and you got to kind of start over again. And. You know, as a New Yorker, we don't like the validation game. We don't care how much money you make. We don't care who you are. We don't care where you come from. So it's one of those things where someone gets a job over you or someone, you know, you're just trying to to get in. And people like, you know, oh, oh, that... I don't know that guy, whatever, this and that. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, you know, fuck this guy. This guy's been... This guy's, what, 21 years old. I've Mm. I've done this longer than he's lived. (laughs) You know, what are you you even talking about? You know, oh, you haven't done it here. I'm like, well, no. You know, I won adult nationals three times. And that's United States teams. And like half the teams are from California. So if I'm a New York team uh, and I set for a team that won nationals three times, then I'm every bit as good as you guys. So so now, now all of a sudden, I'm validating myself. And now I've become what I despised. And now I've become the best spies. And, and at the first year here, I, just, I told Kelly, and I use this line because it's from Danny DeVito from um, Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, if you want to kill me, take me back to Brooklyn and kill me. <laughs> All right, don't let me die here in the fucking desert sand like a 
snake. <laughs> all right, put me under the Verrazano Bridge. Give me give a tattoo on my head. Let me die like a real man. All right. So it was, it was one of those things where that level of depression set in because I cared so deeply about it. So yeah, the, yeah. My coping strategy is when your passion or when your obsession becomes your career. You, you 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 step away with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I sing karaoke twice a week. I'm yes. I'm I'm a th- we're th- I'm a, I'm still I haven't done a show since Conceal Her, but I, I I'm still a performer by nature. That never leaves me. What's your uh, go-to um, karaoke song? Um, I don't have one. That's what you just change it up? Miranda, tell Damn. her. I've heard the sweet transvestite probably the most out of all of your performances. Mm-hmm. From yeah. what I've gone, not yeah, well, well, the, uh, that's the first song I ever sang for karaoke, Sweet Transvestite, and it was in New York. Oh, and, that's a good um, one. The host was like, okay, that was Jason. And the bartender was <laughs> like, you don't have to pay for a fucking thing, man. Nice. <laughs> it's a Scottish pub out of the parlor on 86 and um, uh, between Broadway and West Ham. Where, in New Sc- York? Yeah, a little oh, Scotland go pub, there. and that's where I went. It's Wednesday and Sunday, that's when they do karaoke. So you find that like stepping away from your, your, your vocation... Yeah. Um, kind of helps temper your your um, over involvement emotionally. Yes. And I and I would suggest to you that's that can and will work. I'm not saying my way is the only way, but I, anyone listening out there, if you do that, if you come back at this from a and, and you come back at your job from a different angle because you stepped away, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually I'm going to get back into performing because I had a guy named Drew Cannon. Uh, who do did a who's doing a web series called Bad Boys Go to Rehab and this and that and they're getting like a half a million views like every every nice. ten minute episode. Yeah, you're a great so, actor. So now I'm inspired. It's just not something I want to do again because, like I said, um, volleyball is is now is now my job. I'm a, I'm a right. commentator, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, eventually, uh, um, and I'll finish this story. Eventually, something broke when I just I bought a camera. Mm. One of these cameras, in fact, and I went to the AVP events, the the professional beach volleyball events, and I ingratiated myself on on just the the culture because I play beach volleyball in you know Central Park, but I, I've I've used it as a cross trainer to help me prepare for indoor. And all of the guys preparing for the tournaments used me because I was an elite athlete. Yeah. That they you know I was a good blocker or whatever, and they used me to help them prepare for tournaments. So that's my extent. I I actually played in a tournament here just to whatever you know I got a got a good partner. Nice. Um, and then I started pointing a camera and I started doing color commentary behind the camera. I put it on YouTube. I like watching. So I like my, seeing my it new, pop up. My on New York thing social. just took over, and and Casey Jennings, who's Carrie Walsh's husband, she's mm-hmm. the most Casey uh, Carrie Walsh is the most popular uh, player beach volleyball player in the history of beach volleyball. Men or women, you got Karch Karai, whatever. But, but I I like her because her name transcends to to people who don't watch the sport, and that's what yeah, I was yeah, talking. Yeah. That's what I was getting to as far as that whole interesting people thing is concerned. Right. Um, people who have whose star power, whose whose in, uh, um, in, in, um, intriguing nature um, seeps out seeps out of volleyball, and people that don't watch. Uh, or, or maybe people that watch other sports, or, people, or even people that just watch indoor volleyball, right. are interested in this beach volleyball. Well, play. I mean, like growing so, up, I knew who um, so he saw, Michelle Kwan was, and I didn't watch. What was yeah. it, figure skating? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, right. Please, <laughs> okay, so. right? but I knew who Tanya. she was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. I knew who Tanya Harding. Yeah, was. exactly. But these are names, no, 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 be it, albeit notorious or whatever, that 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 um that move the move the needle for this sport because they they generate interest in people that don't watch the sport. Kobe Bryant. We can we can cover that later. Right. Um. Yeah. So it was. What happened was he watched one of my videos, and it was one of these videos where like I was getting heckled by guys behind me, 
because I was they were they were, I was kind of in their way and and then my girl lost her cool and she never loses her cool and they're like oh okay all right it's alright it's alright it's alright and they're like <laughs> they're like oh go Yankees and I turned around and said why don't you yank these and then and then it, and that's when it blew up everyone was like messaging me yank these oh <laughs> hashtag yank these hashtag and Casey was like I love this guy's got fucking balls nice so he took me to Vegas because Vegas had this big FIVB event um, yeah. as a test case to um to do color commentary and I I, did, I took a court and just started doing the same thing and then and the next thing you know I'm doing color commentary for Pepperdine's like home home matches um, and for the Big West Championship when Cal Poly played Hawaii so I'm doing it for his oh. company called P1440 which is a new, a new um, they have like close to two, a quarter of a million dollars invested and they have a contract with ESPN so it's one of those things where the commentating side was good and the coaching side sooner or later Whoever gives me a shot, I plot through it with the tank. Right. I get an in- indoor shot with a club team that practices at a Redondo. Mm-hmm. And now I have a reputation. People know I can coach indoor. Um, the group I was telling you in the summer, I met that woman on the beach. She didn't know me from a can of paint, asked me if I had a resume. First day on the job. That's a whole nother story. Boom. So, you know, LM, next thing you know, LMU, I'm the director of operations. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing their op- operational stuff where I'm giving the coaches feedback. On for, you know, I'm basically, a, I just watch videos and I give them four things I like and four things I need to get better. So that was Ooh. my job for like a whole year, for 12 months. So. So now I'm, I'm exactly as far as hitting my stride is where I want to be, but I still need to get the fuck away from it when things don't go right. Because yeah. look at me right now. This started as a volleyball podcast. This this is this is my command center. Look behind you. Yeah, but but you you, you, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, so there's, yeah, yeah. there's no my escapism becomes my career. That's what I, the the term I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. My escapism became my career. Right. Um, and I feel like yeah. as as an actor, that's incredibly relatable because the thing you love doing the most in the world is mm-hmm. also the thing that needs to make you money, and it just it's so hard to kind of extricate them from each other. Yeah. And acting is very much like volleyball. Like the best, the only way you can cope is just keep your nose in the work. You can't yeah. get into it to be a star. Mm-mm. All right. Now you you you've listen. You're younger than me, but as far as performing, you 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 you've done enough to last two lifetimes. You know. There there there. Thanks. No one says that to me. No, but there, no, <laughs> Thank but there, you. no, but you started at such That's a young. Validating. You started at such a young age. I mean, I started. The show we yeah. did together. You were eighteen. I was eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, you're, right, we're, college, you're, you know, you're, we're doing, we're doing, you know, out of, out of school work, you know, we, that's, so you never hear that. Cause you just, you always see people who started at like six, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you always, I feel but those like people, as their an careers adult are over actor, at 18, they don't start at 18 or they're burnt out. I, I feel like as a, as an adult actor, it's really easy to slip. Like if you're, if your guard is down, it's really easy to slip into feeling behind and like comparing yourself to everybody else's path, which right. gets you nowhere and just makes you miserable. So mm-hmm best to keep your guard up against yes. that no, well, especially no because like i mean i was just talking with a friend of mine uh about how we both confessed to each other that we like really wanted to be child stars and we both were like oh my god really like you wanted that too it's so embarrassing but like yeah i when i was a kid i would look like watch the disney channel and be like i want to do that that looks so fun how did how come these kids get to do that and i don't and and then you know in college everybody seemed to sort of like just have their shit together more than me in terms of like what they were going to do with their career and like what type they were. And I was like, why does everybody else seem to like know how to do this? And I don't. And, and then some people graduated college and like booked national tours right away. And, and it just, but you're the, like, the what's, the pas- is, what's the password? What's the password? Exactly. <laughs> what's like, the secret why am I so on the outside? Yeah. But the fact is I just wasn't ready. Yeah. And we were just talking about this, my friend and I, 
And like now I'm so like, I'm very comfortable with that fact. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, why was I so hard on myself? I just wasn't ready. Like I was just still developing as a human person and learning my craft and like figuring, processing some trauma. And like, Mm -hmm. I I had things that I needed to do to get to a place where I was ready to step up to those plates. And now I kind of feel like I, you know, have gotten to a place where I'm okay stepping up to those plates and I'm, I'm comfortable maybe not comfortable, but like, it's still definitely nerve wracking going into auditions, but I'm like, I'm fine with it. And I feel confident with what I bring to the table. And, but I mean, it took me until my late twenties to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I was younger, it was really easy to look at everybody else and be like, everyone else has a manual except for me. Like, I'm not meant to do this. It's just, and it got so personally, like, it felt like an indictment of me as a human being rather than just the fact that I was still developing at my craft. Yep. And, and I feel yeah. like it's it's the same that, thing where you say that like, to the guy who had to tear down and rebuild, you uh, know, like the style of theater they teach at Marymount. And and for those of you yeah. listening, we both um we both were, uh, went to the same school. We went yes. to Marymount Manhattan, and at mm-hmm. the time when I auditioned, they were they're actually ranked number two in the nation in theater performance. It was Juilliard and Numb, it's one and two for like a decade. That's- um, yeah, I mean, and, it's not. It's a good school, I, but like the big difference not, was no, the big difference between me and you, though, is I was thirty three. Right. When I, I went back and those schools don't take returning adult students like, boy, you better go study political science or something. <laughs> you know, that, like the arts are not. A... I mean, the, the, the stereotype is the right. art is not for people who who allegedly, um, uh, quote unquote, had their chance. It's a young person's game. Yeah. you Like you had your chance. I didn't. Fuck you. I didn't have my fuck chance. Which How about I tell you when my chance yeah, is? Yeah. Thank you. You yeah. know, what was I doing when I was 18? Yeah. You know? You were doing some serious shit. I was in the military. (laughs) Okay. Which is experience you can then bring to characters and Well that was more like twenty. I joined the military at twenty. For two years after high school I um served court papers. My mom worked for a law firm, Paul Weiss, and I I just did messenger work for them. Oh, you serve people papers? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that you must, must have, have been enjoyed interesting. that so much. Yeah, and just related messenger work, you know, mm-hmm. because be, this is not the internet and, and things. There are documents that I just had to get there, and original documents right. are, very, are very important. So I feel like if I had to do that, I would go up yeah. to someone and be like, "Excuse me, um, you're getting a divorce," and then like yeah. run away. Yep. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Please don't hurt me. Your name, Carol. Your name, Carol Danvers. <laughs> Got bad news for you. Have a good day. Sucks yeah. to be you right now. Yeah. Well, the good thing is you don't have to tell them what the news is. You, you just have to make sure it's in their hand. You oh, hold okay. witness and, you, and and that's it. Yeah. And you have to, do you have to say you've been served? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes. Yeah. Did you ever sing it just for fun? Just to break up the monotony? Oh, God. <laughs> See, I feel like he'd just make a character, a full-on yeah. character. What's that movie where the guy has all the different uh, But isn't you've been... Outfits, s- yeah. And he's... Do you know what I'm talking But you know, about? you... He, Which one? Wait, we're gonna figure this out. Good. What I'm was it? I have to figure. He works as he does that, and he serves people papers, and so he's got like a bunch of different outfits in his car, like his FedEx outfit. What? And his like UPS You're... outfit, and then he goes up. He's like, "Here you go." And was this movie like, about you? <laughs> And it, that's what up? I know. That I, I can swear, promise. I will need to do research to find that. If anybody, I think the whole time while we're talking, she's gonna be looking at. Yes, I'm gonna start like, <laughs> like making it really, really oh, fast shit. in my movie. But we could definitely do that. Listen, there's nothing consistent, more consistent with musical theater than taking this dramatic moment and and spoken mm-hmm. word, and then when it becomes his most climatic. Start singing. Yeah, you know, you sing when you when yeah. you're there's too much. In yeah, it's speak. like it's like Alexandra. I've been waiting for this moment for a long, long time to tell you this. And then all of a sudden, 
We met yesterday. <laughs> we met yesterday. Have you seen that video um, of the girl on uh, Twitter and it's her doing like speaking into song moments? Mm. It's so funny. What's her name? Everybody out there has probably heard it because it went viral. I don't remember her name, uh-huh. but I can sing all of them to you because I watched uh, that video 90 times because I thought it was we gotta so look that funny. Up. It's so funny. Yeah, musical theater is weird. <laughs> it is. Do you find that, did you did you go to Marymount for musical theater or just theater um, arts? Uh, well, theater arts are the concentration in performance. That's but what I did. After I got in like two days later, David Mould. Hey, David Mold called me Mold. and um, asked me if I wanted to be in the BFA program instead. And and I was like, I don't know. You know, I need, because I had a full-time job at the time. I was working in cardiology and I knew right. I knew about a third or fourth year the, the classes weren't an hour and 20 minutes. They were two hours. Yeah. And I think your senior year, they were two and a half or whatever. Yeah. And I couldn't, I just couldn't. I'm a nine to five guy, and, and I'm very blessed that it's across the street. It's on seventy. You know, I'm, I work on seventy second oh, right. and Lex. I worked on seventy second and Lex, like yeah, yeah. off site from Walcona. That's uh, right and there. And it was on seventy first and third. So I'm already blessed to to just trip and fall and be here. So mm-hmm. I could take an hour and a half lunch for the hour and twenty minute classes. Damn, that's right? hustle. And then Good just instead of nine to five, work nine to five thirty, and mm-hmm. just make up the time that way. Which I had this nice agreement, which. Thank God. That's a moving part where everybody had to be on board or, right. or, go, or going back to school just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it just goes more, to show or moreover, just auditioning on... and getting into this fucking reality show called Marymount Manhattan, you oh, know? Oh, my God. I didn't, look, when I auditioned, I didn't know how serious it was. What did you do for your audition? I did something from a monologue book, which you weren't supposed to do. Ooh. I used an accent, which you weren't supposed to I use. did too. Yeah. But you know the cool thing is I'm from Brooklyn, so me using the Brooklyn accent. Oh, yours was a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, mine was like, mine was a real bad Southern one. Like, oh, it was. Yeah, yeah but I I still got in, so whatever. But the whole pressure of like waiting for a month for this acceptance letter and rejecting letter, I didn't have to go through. I got I auditioned Saturday and Monday. David called me. Nice. David called me and I was like, dude, that's and I'm great. like, strangers should call me now. I happen to be in front of the school because I was dating a girl who was in the theater program who helped me prepare for my audition. Ah. Well, who didn't tell me about? <laughs> I got names. it from, my, yeah. And I'm, I'm just going off. I'm like, she's got fucking biceps, triceps, you name it. The goddess, like making love to a samurai. Was that your warrior? Um, yeah. Was that your monologue yeah. or is not, you describing yeah, that's your my girlfriend? monologue? Yeah. That's I'm not fun. kidding. Wow. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. You, you call Sheila, you tell her you're sorry, right? get back together you stay married it ain't worth it that's really take good. my word for it that's really good because it's not a story it's a direct <laughs> yes. uh, speech mine was mm-hmm. a story oh god i was 17 though what did i know yeah well I didn't know. well in the in the two minute monologue you can get us two minutes you can get a lot in mm-hmm. like there is a story he's like i'm making it with this one bro you know and i'm in it and she's like higher no lower harder no softer longer no shorter she dropped she dropped me up the fucking wall <laughs> you know if i said fuck you i pulled up on my pants on and went home <laughs> that's ballsy so, I did one about a they're teen cracking mom. up though everyone in the rooms Elizabeth Swain was in there and, uh-huh. and Brian Reinhardt and they're just like holy shit this, well, look at this guy I bet they never got to hear monologues like that from like no. squirmy 17 year olds no. being like hello uh, they, and the cool thing was I'm still young like they knew they knew I was a returning adult student but what they didn't know they didn't know I was fucking 33 years old ah. I'm one of these guys that like like I'm 50 this Yeah, you year. just told me that and I was like, I yeah. beg your pardon? Yeah, Quoi? so. Yep, and um, yeah, like, like I said, we can both relate on being checked for ID all the time, you yep. know, at that time, so. But um, shit, I'm, I, well, you were saying something. they stopped doing it to me now. Yeah, so you so you're at Marymount for, was musical theater a minor? I did the musical theater minor, yeah. Okay. 
And uh, I went back and forth because when I went, you had to choose. You couldn't. You could either do the BFA in acting, or you could do the BA and do the musical theater minor. Now which you, is what now a lot of people do. Both, oh wow! Which I'm a bit annoyed about, actually. That yeah. um, we couldn't do it when I was there, but. Um, I ended up choosing musical theater because I felt like I really needed the training in that, and I was correct. Yeah. I definitely needed the training. And, Good. Um, so Who was that? Was that Pat? Um, yeah, Pat Simon. Pat Simon. Pat Simon. She called me Newport. That was her yeah. nickname for me because I'm from Nantucket, which is a different place. <laughs> she didn't like me very much. She didn't like. Yeah. Actually, I think she did like me. Yeah, I know. I'm sure she. Ever come on? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I have a long history of pissing teachers off yeah. just by being myself like i'm very and at the end nice. of the day i think that's what makes them <laughs> no. like you no but i was well, gonna say that's what really makes them like make, me yeah. well, some we're... some see me and they're like i get it i get you same mm-hmm. page like my my drama yeah. teacher in high school who was also my english teacher uh-huh. he he liked me like I, I i had college teachers who like got me and liked me gordon farrell oh of course. love that man yeah um, we're real recognized real recognized is real Gordon yeah. Farrell's real. Uh, yeah. Richard Niles. I had him a second year. Um, oh my God! Volcano meets John a tornado. Basil. Did you have John Basil? No, I had David Moe my first year, and I had Richard Niles, and then Liz Swain my third year, and then I switched back because I couldn't. Because I couldn't. I couldn't much. take the class. Yeah. You know, I couldn't take the class, and plus, they all this pressure being on probation and all this, oh, all this other right. stuff. I forgot that, that for the BFA that happens. Yeah, for just, BA, just that yeah, yeah. Well, I only did BFA because David said it was easier to switch out. Mm. than it was to change my mind and try to switch in. That's right. just that's it just doesn't happen. David Mould gave me good advice because yeah. I took I didn't study acting with him, mm. um, but I did study business of acting. And that's with too him. bad because he. I, anyone, yeah. if you just take year one, acting one year mm-hmm. one, you you can do professional work. If you have that guy your first year, you could do professional. I work. believe it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed him yeah. as an acting uh, business of acting teacher. Yep. But he he told me. Um, what do you say? He said he didn't think I was going to really work for like 10 years. And he didn't mean it in a way like I'm not good enough. He meant like assessing it's just my gonna type. It's going to take a long time. Because I am I have a low voice. I have a large chest. I'm curvy. I'm tall. I I take up space. I'm not an ingenue type. And I never have been. Even when I was a teenager, I was playing old ladies. I thought all of those things were the reason you should be an actor. <laughs> Thank you. Deep voice. Lauren Bacall. Busty. Lauren Bacall. Busty, yeah. I love her. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you a story She's about her. She's one of the reasons. I'll tell you a story about her later. I want to hear you. She's a patient at my story. office. Shut she up. said, fuck later. I want to hear the story now. Shut up. Shut up. Um, shut she up. was a patient at my office. My my boss is the doctor of the stars. His name is Dr. Rosenfeld. So him, her, Sophia Loren, the late Walter Matthau, uh, Ron Howard, Milos Foreman. All of these people coming in and out. Pardon? All of these people coming in and out of the office. She's one of the people that inspired me to do theater. Because, yeah, because everybody's look, everyone hears me doing the accents and the and I and I remember movies like from beginning to end. They're like, dude, why are you here? You're a, you know, you're a fucking file clerk. Why why are you here? You're the least played per, paid person. You're the only guy in, a, in an office full of women. You know, you're gonna get bullied. There's more of us. We don't and we don't fight fair. Uh, um, so um, I talked to Lauren Bacall because she was waiting. She doesn't wait in the waiting room. She just kind of kind of chills next to me. And she's like, what's that? You know, this and that. I'll be all nosy. So I said, it's something I want to do. And she, and she said in the, the rudest way you could ever imagine, she said, well, what else are you doing? Like, what else are you doing? And I bugged the fuck out of me. I'm like, I went home. I said, fuck like, that fuck bitch, you, man. Lauren. <laughs> but then I said, and I sat there and I, and you know, and I said, what else am I doing? Yeah. What else am I doing? So 
um, at, um, year three, when I switched out, I took acting for the camera. Because mm-hmm. the cool thing about being in the BA is you get to do whatever the fuck you want. You right. get to do um, professional work inside the academic year. The BFA, you can't. So, um, is that true? Yes. Wow. Yeah. They, they won't let you do um, professional work inside the academic year. Oh, yeah. So, uh, following, hey, winter and summer, mm-hmm. have at it. You know, be fucking Mother Courage and her children I mean, with, with Meryl Streep. No, now that I'm thinking about it, you weren't supposed to do it in the BA either, but I definitely yeah. did. Well, David, uh, David um, was very explicit because I was being asked to do a lot of um, commercials for Italian television. And Gordon Farrell, you know, did um, the Red Room. So yeah, yeah. um, So here's the the real story with Lauren Bacall. I got to sign to write a paper about her, and I wanted to use Key Largo with um, Humphrey Bogart Mm -hmm. and Edward G. Robinson as a as the the profile because it was the original good guy bad guy movie. Right, die, die Hard. All of these, all of these good bad guy movies are based. Uh, it is the measuring stick in which they're all compared and, and what they want to, um, I guess, take yeah, the idea, a, take the idea and run. So, basically, I had to do a research paper on her. So she comes in, and I want to ask her to do a five question interview. I want to use her as one of my sources. She's, I mean, I'm doing a paper on her. She's, she's here. <laughs> Yeah, she's I'm here. here. So, so check it out. She comes in, and what I do is I, I go through her medical records, and I look at every fucking drug she's on, and I go to the sample closet, and I just start fucking throwing everything in a bag, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, Betty, listen, Betty, because that's that's her name, Betty Joan Pensky. That's her real name. Um, what? Lauren Bacall is born is born Betty Joan Pensky from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Um, I'm learning so much. Yeah, that's why. Hey, this is why we podcast, right? I don't hate the play, I hate the game. So, um, basically, I said, listen, I'd like a five question interview. Maybe can I just like fax them to you, and maybe you could just call me, and we can talk, and I can make notes. And she looks at me, and she goes, "You got any drugs?" <laughs> <laughs> and you did. And I went. You knew. Shit. I went like. <laughs> And I, I gave her the bag, and she's like, "Do you have any Allegra?" I'm like, "It's in there." She's like, "Lipitor. I need Lipitor for my um." Isn't Allegra an allergy? Yeah, drug? yeah. And I'm like, li- I'm, li- "I'm I need Lipitor. Lipitor is for um, you know, for my cholesterol." I said, "It's in there." And then she walks away, and she comes back. She's like, "Do you have Nexium?" I'm like, "Yeah, but you don't need that because you have the Allegra, but that's in the bag too." So like, oh, okay, all right, all right, fine, fine. Oh call me, God. call me, fine, call me. So I'll call my assistant. So. What happens, um, a week goes by. You know, I factor the questions. Nothing. You know, 10 days, Oh my nothing. God, if this ends in Lauren Bacall dying from an Allegra overdose, so, I'm going to uh, scream. Nah, <sighs> no. Because she died around the same time Robin Williams died. So this is That's way, right. after, way after that. She yeah. died same, almost same day. Um, uh, and um, so I'm like, all right. I, I gave her my shot. And now, and now i got to fucking work on this paper. Now i got to do some real work. So... Um, I heard his voice on the, uh, uh, they, they call me, like the receptionist, who's also the office manager, says, Jason, pick up for a second. So I pick up. She's like, listen, there's this guy on the phone that says, um, I'm, I only want to talk to someone that knows me. And I was like, sure. I'm like, cool. I'm like, Hi, how can I help you, sir? And she's like, it's Lauren Bacall. <laughs> <laughs> Her voice is like, it's Lauren, yes. Hello. And she's yeah. like, I want to come for a B12 injection. That's why I call the receptionist. Can can you just tell them I'm coming? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, let me get you a spot. She's like, no, I'm coming. If I'm you like, answer my she, question. No, but she's like, she wouldn't take an appointment slot. She's no, I'm just coming. <laughs> you know? So she comes, right? It's and Lauren Bacall. When she comes, and I'm like, all right, 
did her assistant give it to me? Or is she old? She don't remember shit. So what happens, she comes and she sits next to me and she pulls out the, the paper, the questions. Oh. And she's like, what's the most important thing I learned from Humphrey Bogart? Well, the audience is always one step ahead of you. You know, if a camera, someone points a camera, to, uh, um, if someone points a gun at your face, they already know you're afraid. You don't have to make faces. Right, and that's right, what right. separates theater from television. And the whole, I'm just like, just try, trying to fucking just like get paper. I'm just trying to write shit, right? Yeah. And it was, a, it was such a great experience because she remembered. She just needed time to do it. And she came in for the B12 injection and she used that time. I'm not even sure we chicken or the egg on that. Used that time to help me with my paper. Wow. And then... Um, She's like, I'm hungry. And I said, there's a coffee shop, Orange. Orange Coffee Shop, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. next to Marymount. Yeah. So, so I go in there and I'm like, I said, come with me. So I go in and we walk and oh we walk God. to Orange and I, and, I, and I got this fucking megastar, this, this A-lister. This is all fucking this is true. This best story. All fucking confirmed by my office. All true. Um, and we go to the off, uh, go to whatever and I'm like, she wants a cookie. I'm, I'm you right? Chocolate chip cookie? You want a chocolate chip cookie? Get Lauren Bacala cookie. Uh, and everybody's, People at, at work at Orange, a lot of them are in, were in the theater program. And sure. they're like, holy fucking shit, it's Lauren Bacall. And then my favorite part, and this is how the, the, the afternoon ends. She has a new driver. She has like a regular driver take her everywhere. And, and she's like, are you, the, are you the new driver? He's like, yeah, go ahead, hop in. And she goes, how about you get the door, jackass? Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? The whole time he's getting the door, she just hop in. She said, you know how old I am? I am a lady. You know? And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ma'am. And she's like, I'll see you later to me. And she goes, hop. Again, hop in. Honestly, that <laughs> is the great. Lauren McCall content that I want. I get my paperback. A++. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Uh, um, Kathy Haas was my, my um she was in um another 48 hours and 48 hours with nick nolte and eddie murphy oh um, she, uh, she's a uh, bartender so she was in multiple scenes in that and she mm -hmm. was she was the um the adjunct that was teaching um, oh cool but that was my lauren bacall story that's a, that's and, an and i did i did a similar thing with um anna strasberg because she was also really? a these um i did do a paper on harold clerman for directing uh-huh and my understanding was they were very, Lee, her, and Harold were very close. In fact, so close. I found out later when she talked to me, they stayed in the same apartment. They're their own places, but they stayed in um, um, Lee's apartment for mm. 10 years. Yeah. Wow. They were the group theater. Right. Right. Yeah. For those of you at home, and I, and I think I mentioned, mentioned this when I had Drew Cannon who on don't the show. Have a um, yeah. Phoebe, Including us. We Clifford Odette, Phoebe Brand, um, Sanford Meisner, Meisner. Um, Lee Strasberg. Um, just this, this group of absolute savages get together for a decade that, that affect the way we, the uh, styles yeah. and techniques that, 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 um, dictate that many of us the way the way we do our the way we perform absolutely yeah. modern modern theater cool you got In a general. fun you got a fun actor story do i have a fun actor story? you mean like a like a meeting an actor story yeah i have several uh first one it came to your mind oh um angela lansbury stole my cell phone <laughs> this is a call out angela you give my pink razor back. Oh my god! Um, All of a sudden, I have that video killer radio star song, except her words. <laughs> Angela stole my fucking cell phone. Um, she didn't. Uh -huh. She didn't mean to, and she probably had it blown up by security once she found it, because um, she probably thought I was trying to uh, like stalk her or something. So she did uh, like like oh I must have been like it must have been more than ten years ago. I was in high school. Mm -hmm. 
And she did uh, Blythe Spirit on Broadway with Rupert Everett and Jane Atkinson. Okay. And some other people, and I blanked on who else. Um, but Angela Lansbury was like 84 and uh, was up there just being um, Madame uh, yeah. Thingamy. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, and uh, I went because Angela Lansbury is like one of the people who made me want to be an actor. And so I like went to the Port Authority flower shop and I like got her a bouquet of daisies because it, it was all I could afford. And my mom and I went to see the play and I like, it was the first preview. And I was sitting with the daisies sort of like in my, like between my knees mm. in the seat. And uh, it was amazing and it was the first preview. So we um, went to stage door and Angela Lansbury actually came out, which I don't think she often did, but because it was first preview, she came out. And I had a whole speech prepared. I was gonna be like, Miss Lansbury, um, I loved you in the court jester. Um, I love you in everything. I loved you in Gaslight. I think you're amazing. Um, this is why I'm an actor and blah, blah, blah. And she came out and I just burst into tears. I just was like, like bad like ugly crying couldn't get my shit together <laughs> holding these days was just like <laughs> and she like walked past me because i didn't she didn't see me because i was just like <laughs> and then my mom like got her attention and she was like oh i'm sorry and she came home and she was like are these for me and i was like yeah. <laughs> and she was like oh this this is my grandson and she introduced me to her grandson i was like hi I couldn't get any, I couldn't get my shit together. I was just like ah, oh crying. And, and, um, and you start talking like baby talk because I couldn't you're get crying, you can't any get a words sentence. out. Nothing. Yeah. And, and she, she touched my cheek and she said, Oh, you're precious. Oh, and I was like, thank you. And so she took the daisies, got in the car, everybody dissipated. I calmed down. And then I was like, where's my, where's my phone? Um, and it was a pink razor. And uh, I didn't have a purse. All I had was that bouquet of daisies. And we went back in that theater and we had like ushers looking. We tore that place apart. It was nowhere. The only place that that cell phone could have ended up was in the bouquet. In, in the bouquet. So I think that she probably thinks I was like trying to blow her up or something. <laughs> like she just oh, <laughs> gets the daisies out and she's like, what the? Yeah, she's like, that's gratitude for you. Yeah. I tried to be nice to her. And she tries to get my address on her, on her cellular device. She could probably tell you were visibly not in not a mental no. state yeah. that was able to process Do you know those the, things. The cool thing is, I, I think being in this world, you're all, we're always going to have stories like that. And the only reason why I have, or almost as many, was because of the guy I worked for. Mm. These people were in and out all the time. And, right, the, and the stories yeah. I tell, um, like, he wasn't just a cardiologist. He was a guy who was already a millionaire from writing books. Um, so his medical decisions of who he supported or who he backed didn't come from who was who was, who was giving him cheddar cheese. Right. Um, it came from a real place. He wrote a book called Roosevelt's Guide to Alternative Medicine. Why the fuck oh, wow. would an MD want to do that? I don't know. <laughs> you know, why would you want to do that when Lipitor and Norvask or, right, or right. like Pfizer and these groups are are giving you money to speak mm -hmm. at their events to talk about their way of 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 your of healing yourself? So, but through him, I got to meet Bill Clinton. He got um. Phys, um, American Heart Association's Physician of the a Year Award, and that was at the Waldorf. So he invited me and the office manager and two other people. And the office manager was trying to get me fired. And the night of the awards, she was all dressed up, and they were like, um, Tom, um, 
Tom Chasson needs, uh, you know, while Cornell wants to talk to you. And she, she went to see him, never came back. So they got rid of her. <laughs> and I ended up just going to the, he got me a tux. I went to Bergdorf Goodman. Uh, um, wow. And the driver took me to Bergdorf Goodman to get me fitted for a tux. Because they, they thought it was him. They had fucking models and all this shit. And they're like, oh my God, it's just, this dude, <laughs> forget his ass. The models, <laughs> models went home and they're like, let me just fit you on so so that um he got it was the only time they've ever given out a, that award so wow. you know you have him he was himself in the beautiful mind um doc, dr rosenfeld because no. he knew dr nash um wow. so he got to be in the movie um also our patient i love it when people um, play themselves in biopics yeah like oscar levant yep. and um george gershwin yeah played himself but when you're that listen must have been so but, weird. but when you're old you're more timeless you get to do it yeah you yeah. know like he, if you had white hair like like let's say you're bernie sanders right let's and, just say i'm bernie sanders yeah but listen all people have a right to whatever so listen he had white hair in the fucking <laughs> 80s right right so he can play himself yeah in a certain movie because he still has white hair and that that um it's like your high school science teacher you get a little bit older or whatever mm-hmm. you go back to school at a reunion that motherfucker still looks, the, looks same. Exactly the same yeah so so um he played himself and it also helped that Ron Howard was the director who was also our patient. Right, um, right. He played himself in Man on the Moon, the Andy Kaufman story, because he knew Andy Kaufman. You're kidding. Um, and he's in that as, as himself. Wow. Um, and it also, that also helps because the director, Milos Forman, was also our patient. Um, who directed Milos Forman. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> Actually, for those of you that movie. don't know, it's Amadeus. Um, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's right. Uh, yeah. um, People versus Larry Flint. Mm-hmm. This man at the time only directed eight films and all of them were fucking savage. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's know? the crazy thing about that guy. Yeah, yeah he doesn't, he swing. he doesn't. It's like Midas. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, he should play baseball because his average is, a, his, <laughs> his average is going to be better than everybody else's. So you met Bill Clinton that night? I did. Was he, okay, so my dad met Bill Clinton. He said that he was like the most charismatic, just so he, like makes you feel like you're the most special person mm-hmm. in the whole world. Not just that. I think the light that radiates, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking metaphorically, the light that radiates behind him. Makes, so nobody's following makes, him with a ring light. Makes just. every, uh, you, I mean, that's if you're doing a film, that's what you got to do, right? Right. Uh, um, but everyone follows like birds to fucking bread. It's yeah. just like, and the, you know how like birds just mindlessly just they mm-hmm. know where the bread is and he'll move here and then the whole the whole flock will just move with him who moved so there and um yeah I didn't get to talk to him or anything but he was at the party and I did meet him you didn't hug um, or Terry Hamlish was there um who was famous for doing all these uh like a Victor Borga style um impressions like he'll take these classical songs and put them in Happy Birthday cool like Moonlight Sonata yeah you know la 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 <laughs> La 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 la. Do that for the rest. Like you know that eerie. He turned happy birthday into this that eerie moonlight sonata, haunting, romantic, fucking awesome. What a what a great guy to book for a party. Yeah. Well, I was just like, all right, you ain't getting points for originality because I grew up worshiping Victor Borga, who mm. is this, the, the Great Dane, the musical comedian who, um, um, yeah, he's, he's, a whole, he's a story for a whole other yeah. podcast and how he got to America. Um, he's on the SS Legion, the last, the last boat to leave before the, the Nazi invasion. Oh, jeez. He's also blacklisted by Adolf Hitler. Cause he, he it's a nice like, place to be. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, right? Oh, my God. Wait, that guy doesn't like you? <laughs> I just saw Jojo Rabbit and I feel like, a lot of things. Speaking of Hitler, 
Talk to Speaking me about of Hitler. Talk to me about Jojo Rabbit. Ugh. Wait, anyone that didn't see it that wants to see it, um, three, two, one. Tough shit. Go the ahead. war ends. Spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, man, it like messed me up a little. I'm mm. I'm an extremely sensitive person. Like, there's a reason I'm an actor, and one of them is that I am like very suggestible and very easily manipulated by storytelling. So like I can just jump into circumstances and be like, this is so sad. Um, but I, yeah, I saw, I saw Judge a rabbit this week. I saw parasite this week. I saw the trailer on your, on your thing. I, I don't even know what to say about parasite. Fucking mind blowing. dude. You saw it, right? I just saw the trailer. You have no idea. Where, where can I find the whole, the whole movie? Well, I was it, lucky. It came, no, it came out in 2019. So my subletter bought it on iTunes on my account and then Venmoed me the money. And then I was like, oh, so I own Parasite. Cool. Is it available on iTunes though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, then yeah. Just, yeah. I, I watched right. it at home. I'll just watch it then. But I saw Jojo Rabbit in the theaters because we went to, my friends and I went to a screening at Warner Brothers. Um, they, they do this thing where it's like free screenings. Um, a couple months in advance to kind of get, they give you a survey and, you know, and it was for this thing called Scoob. Right. I can't say, exclamation point. I can't, you can't say it any other way than like Scoob. Um, and it, I guess it's like Scooby-Doo's origin story, which people asked for, I guess. And so we went to, we went to see that. We were standing in line, having a great time. And this guy came down the line and was like, how great, how old are you guys? And I was like, 28, 29, 27. And he's like, uh, I'm going to come back to you. He went down the line and we were like, that was weird. And then we hear somebody go, all right, everybody with uh, wristbands, come come forward. Everybody who doesn't have wristbands, wait there for a second. And we were like, and then we watched everybody else in the line go into the theater. And we were like, wait a minute. Wait, what? And this woman came up and she was like, so here's the thing. And I made a joke and I was like, is it because we're old? Are you going to put us in like a room with some Pinot Grigio and like let us watch it by ourselves? And she was like, um... Yes and no. <laughs> she was like, we're going to give you these AMC coupons. Go see a movie somewhere. Um, we have we don't have room and you guys are the only all adult group here. <laughs> we were the only grown-ups who got this movie. You forgot to grab a child? We forgot to just like grab inside? one on the street, I guess. And uh, so we got asked politely, very nice. She was really nice about it and had a sense of humor about it. But we were asked to leave because we were too old. So we, t- we were like, we were going to be defiant. We were going to go see Frozen 2 with those coupons. And then we couldn't because all the tickets were sold out because it was a Sunday afternoon and they were children. So we were like, damn. So we went to see Jojo Rabbit instead. And I'm very glad that we did. It was... So good. And yeah. everybody, I'd heard people criticizing it being like, it makes the war look too fun. Yeah, well. It does not make the war look fun. <laughs> well, like there, at all. There, look, there's something called movie reviews and there's something called Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah. And I believe because um, the respect that I put in and all the hard work I put in as a Rizzo-Rodoni adult student. Do whatever the fuck you want, and if you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't That's be don't be of... disgusted. Don't don't think a movie shouldn't exist just because you you don't agree with it. You right. Know? I mean, like I, I'm yeah. all for criticizing like Christian um, Bale and Dick Cheney. Do you know? I mean, that got a lot oh of blowback gosh. from the right. Why? Um, because it was. What did they think movie. we were gonna say about Dick Cheney? Because Are you it was kidding? true. Because yeah. it was true. Right. Yeah. Remember when he shot off his friend in the face? And um, that guy apologized. Oh, and he apologized. And he the guy who the guy who, <laughs> the guy who got shot. Miranda, the guy who got shot. He he's like, you know what? Shit. My oh bad. my god. We were watching um last night we started watching um I took like a night in. I was having like a rough mental health day yesterday, so I was like, I'm just gonna like take a day and just like watch a movie and just like not talk to anybody. And so one of the girls that I was staying with was watching with me and I put on um the report because yeah. it's on Amazon. 
Right. And I was like, ooh, Oscar t- contender. Like, this will be fun. Oh, the reports on Amazon? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you, do you know what it's about? No. It's about torture during the Iraq War, which well, is not a great oh thing to well, watch. Well, we tortured some folks. Bad mental health day. <laughs> um, we didn't get through it. We got as far as the uh, rectal rehydration scene, and we were like, "I'm tapping out. I'm going to watch The Office. I can't. I, I can't." And but this girl that I was watching with was 20, and there were there was a, an interview with Dick Cheney in the movie, and she was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "That's Dick Cheney." And she was like, "Who's Dick Cheney?" And I was like. Lose my You're num- so lucky lose that my you number. don't know. Like, yeah. I was like, wow. And because we started talking and she was born like a year before September yeah. 11th. I mean, it makes sense. Right. And I, I was like, how do I explain Dick Cheney? And one of the first things you brought up was I was like, well, he shot his friend in the face and the friend apologized. Oh my That's a good God. way to ease you in. Um, but he's a criminal mastermind. Um, that's, much. that's ridiculous. That's like fucking that's like fucking wrong hole and she says sorry i <laughs> you know it's just bad she i'm just processing like, what you just said I for know. a second yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give it You're a minute a, it's exactly like that yes that's an get shot in the face and, and, like, and they sorry. apologize oh. <laughs> was i in the world <laughs> wasting all your sorry. brain matter good oh, yeah man. but um how did we get on dick cheney oh vice yeah I yes. didn't see it. A great performance. Um, no? I know. I, I want to see it. It's on my And list, I liked it sure. because the whole point of Christian Bale is some movies, he's not supposed to look like he's Christian Bale. Yeah. You know? Um, he's one of these actors that survived um, playing a good superhero. And when I say survive playing a good superhero, sometimes you're so mm. good and people only remember you by that person. Right. Um, your career's over. Uh, Was he, is he your Batman? Everybody has a Batman. Um, Keaton. That's mine. Keaton's my Batman. Yeah. Not a Batman. She's like, make like, mine Marvel. I like the Joker. She's I like, like the Joker. She's like, make mine Marvel. Um, make mine yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Make um, mine Marvel. Yeah. Well, I'm a Marvel guy, but um, I'm I'm also you know a performer, so I'm I'm always gonna watch people do that. Yeah, thing. I I love um, the Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. I just watched Batman Returns. That's the one with oh, the um, with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, whose performance in that movie is a master class. Yes. She's incredible. But I watched that with some friends. We were doing uh, Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas movie. And uh, we were watching it and we were just like, this is like an art house movie. This kind of superhero movie would never be made today. And it's such a shame because it's so interesting. Like, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't agree with Martin Scorsese that like all superhero movies are just theme park rides. Although I got what he was saying. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe how much attention the media spent on that. on that i quote. was like so yeah. somebody said a thing it's fine <laughs> like relax yeah so what but i do think it would be really interesting if 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 we're gonna keep creating just constant superhero content if there was a little diversity in genre or in in yeah. um medium I, oh i thought logan did a good job with that logan was really good i didn't see it logan martin scorsese didn't see it either obviously <laughs> yeah like, no i heard it was amazing you ain't, you ain't you ain't in no fucking theme park and I in love that X-Men. movie man I that mean, was that was gritty dude that geez. was gritty it was now did you see joker did you I did. yes that I was have not dark seen it dark yet. as fuck dude what yeah. i didn't go see it on purpose you have to see it because of the line of work you're in but i know but uh, but not for everybody no i, I really want to see it i just i i was so turned off by like stories from Joaquin Phoenix on set being like unprofessional and then like the director being like you can't say anything funny anymore I'm like well John Mulaney manages to so yeah. like, I feel like maybe you can um, yeah. I think it depends on who says it too right like Chris Rock um, you know says a lot of stuff um, yeah absolutely that, that, that was only funny 10 years ago but it's still funny because he says it right um, yeah Joe Rogan has 
fucking South Park diplomatic immunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because he's a comedian. Yeah. And um, and you, you and we both know more than anybody. You have to, and, and I talked to Drew about this, you have to let comedian, you have to let people work. You have to let artists work. Sure. Have, have them put out something. Um, and if it doesn't work, Okay, all right, we're gonna go another route. That wasn't funny, and sure. like you said, don't be butthurt. Oh, nobody laughed no. at me. Where, where, where? Well, don't uh, don't um, make it suddenly a political like. Right. Suddenly, you're a po- political like figurehead because yeah. you said something hurtful to a group of people, and everybody yeah. said, "Hey, that's hurtful. Please don't say that." Like, yeah. don't. Uh, there's a way to respond, and then there's a way not to respond. Yeah, like, and that's but that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, you got to let artists work, you know. And Joe, Joe, I mean, his podcast gets a lot of blowback or whatever, and this and that. But he's an artist that's working. If you've and it's always surrounded by who his guest is. Joe yeah. is not is never the fucking culprit and never the controversial mm. person, but as much as the person he invites is. Mm. Like, I, I'll give you an example. They made the illogical leap that he's against trans, trans, transgender people. Well, he did say some stuff. He's a comedian. That doesn't mean you you don't you get to say whatever you want with any social consequence. Like, well, there is a social consequence, yeah. and that's happening if now. If you say something but on that's a serious, hurtful, but on a serious level, if I, and, and 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 most of the people that have a problem with him didn't even listen to the whole podcast anyway. Right. So the context gets mixed up, and whether you disagree with him or not, I, I I would actually appreciate if people actually listen to the whole fucking thing. Like I, um, I took issue with him saying he's, he's a mixed martial arts commentator. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to picture in and your head. And didn't he do Fear Factor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for a long time, right? <laughs> Which he, came he, up on uh, the office it. last night yeah, that he, I put on instead of uh, the report. <laughs> no, but I want you to appreciate women's equality, which you know I'm raised by women, and and this and that I'm all for. But I want you to appreciate a woman who makes a transgender operation, uh, a man that makes a transgender transgender to a woman, um, and then now now he's a she. Okay, and that's the most politically correct way I know how to say it, and then and allow me to work here. Um, and then they have a sport called mixed martial arts mm-hmm. where body mass with whatever this is a man competing in a woman's division at 135 pounds just starching people just fucking laying people out right and joe basically said listen this person's a transgender fighter fighting in a women's division let's have a debate that is, i do i do not make the illogical leap that he has a fear of transgender people because right. there is someone that can bash your face in, yeah. um, dismember you indefinitely. Uh, um, and I, I mean, the day someone ever dies in fucking MMA, man, you're gonna, you know, in an MMA match, it hasn't happened yet. Hasn't and, it? I, and, thought, I thought that the, happened last year. Well, it happened. Didn't when, somebody get hit there like a young kid? Yeah. Didn't that happen? But that uh, I'm talking about like the major promotions, the UFC, right. Bellator. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, one championship which is very big in Korea um, mm-hmm. which is global like everywhere in the United States that's their number one product where here the UFC is and Joe just said that hey let, let's let's have a conversation let's have a conversation let's talk about what people are thinking in their minds right. that I'm daring to say out loud right. that people might that I'm, I'm, I'm you know Joe's thick skin he's ready for the blowback yeah. and that was the premise of the conversation that a lot of people mis- misinterpreted right I think I think it's totally fair to uh, when it's when you're dealing with something that's new. Um, conversations have to be had, and yeah. people slip up. Like um, I, I know that, like, and he's pe- a people who aren't used yeah. to um, uh, gender neutral pronouns or something. Like it's a, it's an adjustment. It takes yeah. time, and it's okay to like it's okay to have slip ups, and it's okay to have blind spots as long as you address them. Like mm-hmm. that's all okay. Yeah. My, I mean, I remember 
seeing a clip of Joe Rogan um, saying that he thought that like a lot of homosexuality came from childhood abuse. And I was like, where, what? <laughs> like, where did that come from, sir? And I wonder who was his guest when he said it. It was, uh, it? I, I, it was a grand, it was a KKK, uh, KKK grand <clears throat> wizard. That guy? It was like oh a white God. supremacist yeah. leader who yeah. like, why was he having him on his show? Because Joe Rogan <laughs> talks to everybody. He has yeah. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. All right. Who's who's everyone loves. He has Ted Nugent that a lot of people don't like. Oh, yeah. He had Roseanne Barr like Mm -hmm. a month after he got fired. Found out, you know, telling her side of the story, found out she was in a mental institution for six years. Yeah. And her acute sense of humor that made her Roseanne Mm -hmm. (laughs) came from that. Right. So it's one of those things where I like him because we can't just decide to make a group and say we not, we not talk I'm not talking to that person I'm not talking to that person right Ex- except the grand wizard type people I, I like was that, say, that kind of person once you get into like Nazism no but that kind of person you have to figure out where the line is no but that kind of person you're not on my fucking team right. all right if but if it's someone like him that's pro white and not necessarily anti-black how I don't see how he's different from like a black nation of Israelite people that think white people are from the devil no all right? the that guy was definitely yeah. anti-black yeah. <laughs> But you, but we have to understand these people too. Yeah, I agree, and I, that's why I love. Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, I'm, I'm mixed. You, you know, my mom's guy? black. Right, I know. My mom's black, and my father's uh, yeah. uh, Irish, Swedish, whatever. You know. Do you remember so. that guy? His, uh, I think his name is Christian Nicoli. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? He like he was a former um, KKK member. He was like a former white supremacist, mm-hmm. and he left, and now he dedicates his life to like deprogramming, basically, and like helping people like undo. Good hate lessons good because like, that is a that lot of fucking energy the dude. good work like yeah. i totally agree that like the you can't just shut these people out entirely mm-hmm. because i mean yeah it might because, be more effective to find ways to cha- change their minds yeah i just don't know necessarily how to do that like, and, and maybe he doesn't either maybe yeah. his maybe his idea of having him on the show was yeah. the best idea maybe maybe retrospectively you know like he's got friends all of his friends are comedians because right. that's how he started and mma yeah. guys yeah. maybe like brendan schaub who's like the raunchiest fucking podcast you've right. met in your life, you, you can go suck a dick, you know? Uh, um, you know? And he's the one that's like, oh my God, this trend is to do with the starching bitches, you know? That's just how he talks, and that's offensive to some people, and for, the, for those people, I'm not going to tell Brendan don't talk, I'm going to tell you motherfuckers don't listen, okay? Um, but, can, I, can I ask a question about that, though? Yeah. Do you, uh, when do you believe people should be um, held accountable for cruelty? Um, like if it's if if you say something hurtful to somebody, when does it become something that they have to take responsibility I hold for the as line, being hurtful? I hold the line when somebody cites someone specifically, and and um um a group where the the hatred is so believable and so and so hurtful. So you, like, it's about like intention. Yeah, like I'll give you an example. Eddie Murphy when he did Delirious, right? Uh huh. Um. He had three days to prepare. John Belushi shot, uh, killed himself. Fucking right. drug overdose. He he had to super sub. And he gets on the stage and all he's doing is moving around. And he says something like to the degree, like faggots ain't allowed to look at my ass while I'm on stage. Yeah. that's He said, that's why I keep moving around. But you since know, um, he's, he's, he's looked back at that and said, that was a stupid thing for me to say. I'm really sorry. No, it isn't. Uh, uh, and yes, it is. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, it is. But Eddie Murphy Raw. Mm-hmm. He brought it. He he said he brought it back. Right. He said I had a problem. He says gay people were coming after me. He said I was in San Francisco. He said they were like pull over and and he like imitated like his right. fa- fa- uh, favorite gay people and it was and the approach 
was on a level that other gay people were like, oh my God, this dude's a fucking clown and I love him for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't come... I draw the line where it comes from a place where it drives fear and hatred and ridicule mm-hmm. where someone thinks there's this fallen, false embracement of hierarchy that because I'm straight and you're gay, I'm a better person. So anybody that puts themselves mm-hmm. in that situation, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, and that's racism, right? Racis, sure. Racism is a, in the classic sense in of the general. word. I mean, that's, no, but racism yeah. in the classic sense of the word is the, the inherent belief that you're superior or right. inferior. Power, uh, power uh, dynamics. That someone is superior or inferior based mm-hmm. on their race. Yeah. So uh, I draw the line when someone... And, and the context and how it's used is to make themselves, uh, uh, to make one look more superior or better than the other. That's when I'm like, all right, I'm, yeah. I'm out. Check me out on that. And I don't think Joe Rogan has done that with the KKK guy. Right. In fact, the KKK guy, he just wanted, he says, I want to, I don't want to start from up here or down here. I want to start right here. And whatever comes out of your mouth, mm-hmm. if if I'm down here now right. and, and I'm done. Because Joe has has been very, very explicit about how he feels about racism. Yeah. He was very explicit, like, about, remember when... um. Um, Bill Maher. <laughs> no, but remember, oh, Bill. Well, Bill Maher got all butthurt at the end. We we're going to talk about that. His ego. He got crushed by his giant ego. Okay. Because he said you should come on out. the show, and and Joe's like, and Joe basically him. he invited him on the show, like Bill Maher's show, and Joe basically said thanks, but no thanks. I don't. I, he says it, it's a panel where everyone's yelling over each other, and I can't even take that from my own. Friends. I can't watch that show. Yeah. I yeah. No, but basically, but anyway. Joe. Um, if you remember, people trying to cross the border, they're yanking kids away from each other. Mm-hmm. Joe believes in border protection. Okay, mm-hmm. but he he make he's explicit. If you're taking kids from your parents, you're not on my fucking team. No. He says he's he. I, be, it's I basic think basic. Morality. I think I mean, basically what he's trying to say is there a place where we can have a degree, uh, uh, um, a degree of conversation, but at the same time it has to come from a place where we can function like mammals. And right. there's some things where he just cuts off. You if you're if you're taking kids from their parents. I'm not having that conversation with That's you. I, there's line. nothing you yeah. can fucking say. So he he does have his limits, and where he doesn't. He embraces his flaws, and he'll invite someone on the show. Right. Um, he had Gary Johnson. He had Tulsi Gabbard, who I'm, who I'm voting for, by the way, because... What? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's you know why it's interesting to me? Because I'm not a Democrat. I thought you were voting for Bernie Sanders. Well, I am if he wins. If he wins a nomination, I will. I see. You but know? in the primaries, you're voting for Yeah, Tulsi. because they, the, if you look at their policies, they're very like-minded. Yeah, Bernie's very anti-war. Bernie's been anti-war before the word anti-war was used. Okay, um, I did that uh, that New York Times thing, and it told me that I most aligned with Tom Steyer. Yeah, well, you know why? I because like, I literally went, "Wait, who?" Well, if you look at the way Tom um, they cover Bernie and the way they cover Tulsi. Right. In fact, the New York Times reporter called him her a toady on Joe Rogan's show, and Joe Rogan's like, "What's a toady?" What is a toady? I don't fucking know. You want to pull that shit up? Toady. Is it um, like pull, pull up Joe Rogan on YouTube. Thing? Pull up Joe Rogan, um, a New York Times reporter. She had this complete meltdown because Joe Rogan kept asking her what a toady meant, and she and she's like, "Well, look it up." I know she did. She just she was just looking for ways to attack her. This is why I'm voting for Tulsi, and and it surprised a lot of people because I'm not a Democrat. I'm um. What do you? What do you? What do no you? No party preference. Okay. I was um in, registered independent. Then I registered Democrat actually in 2016 to to vote for Bernie in the primaries, mm-hmm. and then after. Um, it got leaked. They call it a hack. It wasn't a hack. It was a leak. After all that shit went down, I was like, right. you know, I still lean left. I still think a woman has a right to her body. I believe in some Amen. kind of gun legislation. Mm-hmm. I believe, um, basically, give me any anything left. 
give me anything left right now and I'm, and I'm like, I'm down. Taking Just care go. of poor people. Yes. Education. Reading difficult literature. Caring yes. about your fellow man. Yes. Even sharing. Uh, Christmas. Um, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about this, yeah. about how Christmas is like the most liberal holiday ever. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's crazy but because... Fox News is like, we own Christmas. Well, I'm like, I mean... Christmas is... In t- like, have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? That, well, it's that an shit over- is socialist it's an, as fuck. It's an overwhelming contradiction because they like to celebrate a so- socialist Jew every different, December 25th, but have one running for office, all right? Mm-hmm. With that being mm-hmm. said. So... I'm an, I'm I am very much in the middle because if you've ever seen me on Facebook, I get blowback from my friends on the left because I have. We've something. argued. We've of argued. Course. Yeah, absolutely. Healthfully though. Hel- yeah. Oh yeah. my god, but but I love your our passion is fucking our passion makes it, everyone looking out, on the outside looking in. It's like okay. Yeah. These two they they're gonna unfriend each other. Nah, uh, nah, no, no, no. But no. here's uh, okay. So I'm a left leaning, no party preference guy. Uh-huh. Now, the problem I have with Democrats is they're looking for someone who has foreign policy experience. Boom, check. She's on the Committee for Foreign Affairs mm-hmm. and, for, and on the Armed Services Committee, which made her visit fucking Assad because yeah. she wanted to know. She wanted a fact-finding mission and then Assad yanked her up and said, do you want to talk? She's like, okay, let's talk. So, um, looking for a strong woman. Check. Looking for a, a, a candidate of color. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, looking for someone who's a lifelong Democrat that never crossed over. Even now when she has every fucking reason in the world to cross over because she's abandoned by her own party. Um, check. She's she's said a hundred times she's not gonna run under third. It's it's this or 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 that. So mm-hmm. she's someone sixteen years and whatever. Uh, um, um, global warming is her second biggest platform. Right. What's Ant- her biggest? Uh, anti war, uh, anti regime changing, war, uh, uh, regime changing wars. Anti anti regime changing wars. Got We're it. spending too much money on military spending, not just sending our soldiers there, but private mm-hmm. contractors. Right. Like a lot of money where a lot of people don't know. We're paying contract private contractors four times the salary than what a soldier would make anyway so so we're spending more on mercenaries uh, just as much on mercenaries as we are or whatever so and she knows because she's on the she's she's on the far, she's on the on the armed service committee they sure. approve the budget and all that shit and they and she's so I like her because um climate change is a real thing Mm-hmm. I served in the military. I don't want any of my relatives getting their legs shot off while some assholes is on TV playing golf. Right. All right. Yeah. Or on or on fucking Letterman. No, I'm not having it. Um, healthcare is a very big thing. Dental care. Huge. Dental care for the Huge. elderly, which everyone laughs at because old people on no teeth is like a funny thing. Um, so, the, uh, so she bad is, dental care can yeah. kill you real fast. So what? Here's the thing that happens um, in the Republican Democrat Party when someone's running uh, uh, their campaign. She she was in, she was corporate money as a congresswoman, but after but because of the way Bernie ran and and the way Bernie showed what, how much it was possible, mm-hmm. it's all grassroots. It's all fucking uh, fifteen twenty dollars donations. So basically, what happened to her in two thousand sixteen during the um the the whole thing with him and Hillary, the she got up and she was the DNC vice chair at the time. Her star was on a rise. They loved her. She was their darling. Good looking, military, hot, actually pretty hot too. Oh, she was a little bit of a she's, smoke show. She's definitely hot. Uh, um, so, um, so what she does is she goes up and endorses Bernie, mm-hmm. and it's been held up ever since. Mm. And that's so now all of a sudden she's an Assad apologist. Where all of a sudden we don't talk to our enemies. Where the only other option is war. Where the only right. other option because two because you and me disagree on something. I'm gonna send my people. You're gonna send their people. and We're gonna fucking kill each other because yeah. you because you and me uh, just decided we ain't gonna talk. How fucking insane is that? It, yeah. Um. Right. So and then of course uh, Russian plant, which 
I don't see the logic behind that because uh, it has to be consistent on things what Putin likes. And she doesn't, she's anti-war and she's, you know, she's, she's, you know, healthcare for all. She's uh, it's very, she's, she's a mini Bernie, actually. She's a Bernie that's heard in the military. That's mm-hmm. what she is right now. So there, um, you know, she's part of this cult religion and this and that, or her parents, this and that. And I'm, and I'm just like, how much of this shit is actually true? Where do you get your, where do you get your fucking sources? Where do you get your information from? But this is what's going to happen to Bernie. Because right now he's he um if you look at all the polls he's he's I first. I don't look at the polls anymore. Yeah, I you just, know why? Because they're telephone. Right. I, right. Well. You 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 can vote and um and they're gonna be like, oh my god, we were wrong about that. They they were wrong about 2016, weren't they? Maybe not on the total vote. I mean, right. don't, don't yeah. get me wrong. I, she technically got more votes. I'm but. honestly way way more unplugged this time around. I've always been very politically yeah. involved. Um, uh, well, always. You, be- I mean, you can become sick. Once I got, I, I, I just got so tired because I, you know, and, and I know this is what like the bad guys are counting on is people being like, I just fucking can't anymore. But like, I, I started getting so emotionally. She, she knows. Right? Yeah. yeah. I just, what really, I, I like stopped getting in debates with people. I stopped, um, I stopped watching the news. Like I read the news, yeah. but I, you, I won't you, watch it anymore. Do you become sick from it? A little bit, I like just exhausted me, or mentally drained. Here's the or, thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a very sensitive person, and I like there was this one time in school, um, in elementary school, I started crying so hard that my mom had to come get me, mm-hmm. and I it was like when I met Angela Lansbury, I was like, and I couldn't get out why I was upset, and why I was upset was because these two kids, I remember exactly who they were. I'm not going to name names because they're perfectly nice people now. But these two kids were, were being just being mean to other kids in class. And they weren't even being mean to me. Yeah. But I just hurt my feelings so bad that like. Because that's how plugged in you are. I just I, I was just really, really sensitive. Yeah. And I just couldn't stop crying. And my mom was like, are you what did somebody like bully you? And I was just like, I kept saying they're not. They're not following the rules. And she she was like, like of a game? And I was trying to explain to her. I was like, they're not acting like people are supposed to act like. And it just made me very upset. And so that's one of the reasons I got so passionate about politics. But like when I was younger, I had more, I just had more energy about it. Yeah. And, and I, as I've gotten older and as I've gotten more kind of, I think I've gotten more yeah. sensitive, to be honest. Well, and I think I the just, reason why you've done so well when you were younger because it's a bullying thing and that's something that can be fixed. Right. Willful ignorance. Uh, um, I'll just call yeah. it stupidity because stupidity to me is protected ignorance. Um, right. Ignorance is, okay, you didn't know any better. You, didn't you, know better. you and sure. me, we're going to debate on stuff. And, and, and there, there are a lot, of, a lot of times I'll read back and I'm like, you know what? Fuck, she was right. I didn't know that. Right? You know? And, and there's some, can we and, talk and, about and, and, the and, beautiful yeah. maturity that is realizing you said something wrong or somebody else was right and you can like acknowledge it and say it out loud? That's amazing. That's it is so amazing. mature and cool. Oh, you got the toady thing? I don't know. <laughs> what's, what's a toady? It's not this is the New up. York Times reporter. What? This is oh, her. Oh, there she is. Yeah, you can pull it up. But it won't play. I don't know which part it will be. It's in the beginning. I think I have the of same the glasses whole as her. Not the whole podcast. Oh, you got the whole podcast? No, this is oh, just Oh, never mind. A, it's a clip. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll That's okay. Know. We'll let it play for like 10 seconds and then we'll go. But people will know where to get the podcast. Bland wrote this letter to the New York Times where she calls me. That's what she's talking about right now. But it's on the feed, right? Look at that. Yeah, yeah. All right. I like her glasses. All right, cool. That's enough. Um, (laughs) So the reason and the the difference is like the anti-bullying thing you can do because there's an end game. There's an end game um, when it comes to a certain 
uh, groups of people. Mm-hmm. That, um, but what, stupidity, which is protected ignorance, is exhausting because you've yeah. armed someone with logic and sense, and 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 we'll just say um, we'll just say opinions that are generated by by historical fact, and they're still fucking stupid. Can, I'll give you one example, okay? And I'm going back to her. Um, Newsweek came out with an article saying that David Duke endorsed um, Tulsi Gabbard, mm-hmm. and Tulsi Gabbard didn't denounce it. Right. Um, and my friend ran it on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, that's not entirely true." And I gave her a political, a politifact thing, which some people find biased, but I actually did the work for her. And I said, "I went on Twitter." You did the homework, and David right? Duke said, "I never endorsed her. I just liked the ideas of not being anti-war. I didn't endorse her." Um, and Tulsi sent a tweet saying, "My father wasn't allowed in whites-only bathrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, your your beliefs are evil." And basically, paraphrasing, "Thanks, but no thanks." Right. So. I proved not only reasonable doubt from her guilt, but proof of her innocence. And they're like, well, that's what the Newsweek said. So and they just they just ran it anyway. And those are the ones where you like you're trying to get your point across because you, you feel like if you get through to some of these people yeah. and, they, and they see not that you're right all the time because uh, right. you're not we're not right all the time. No, but, absolutely but, 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 not. Um, but if they can see, hey, you know, there's another world outside this 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 bubble created by this tribalism. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and Joe Rogan uses that word a lot, and I bar- I'm borrowing well, it from him. It, uh, this bubble created by it. tribalism is Alex is exhausting. Well, that's why I mean I became I I was sick longer. I, I, I look I get a cold, it's gone yeah. in five hours. I, I get a cold for like three days it right just, now. It takes it out of me, and it's just like for me, I'm just like politics aren't football. Like no. I, I no, <laughs> well no disrespect. I'm from Massachusetts. No, I'm a Sox fan. Uh, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a, Tom Brady's my boyfriend. So much uh, in so much that um, like I support them because I'm supposed to. You know what I mean? Like I, to be honest, I don't really follow football. But like, gen- no, but there's general. You can principle. afford to say something like that in sports. Right. You can't afford to say shit like that in politics because it affects people's lives. Agreed. Party loyalty with no nuance is in any direction is harmful, hmm. and I'm not saying that you know. It doesn't take uniting. Like I'm going to vote for whoever the Democratic candidate is because we're in crisis, and I, I, I'd like. To I see looked at the, the debate, crisis. and I think all of them are going to. All of them are definitely going to be. All of them definitely qualify more than Trump. I does. mean, some of them I'll have to hold my nose and do it, but I'll do it. Like, yeah. of course, because we're we're currently in crisis, and the first step is to get out. But of the also crisis values wise, out, but, but values wise, if you look at the candidates, they, they're close enough. They're close enough, yeah. right? Look, elections are won and lost all the time, but your values I agree. have to stay the same. And also, if you're, if you're one person, you still have to be your one, your one person. Well, and you're not electing one person; you're electing an entire platform. You're electing, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, with with us getting this close to Roe v. Wade getting overturned, and us getting like this close to discrimination laws getting getting rolled back, like it's just not funny. Um, we no. can't dick around, and I get and I get that. I get the need for party unity, but mm-hmm. it it makes me so sad. The thing that exhausts me is when something happens that isn't necessarily even political. Like, um, I'm trying to think of what a good example would be. Like, um, like somebody, like, like, like police brutality. Like, a, a, a teenager gets shot and killed, and and it, in a way I'm, that clearly shouldn't have happened, right? Mm-hmm. And when somebody, there, I think 
that's something that ostensibly shouldn't divide people politically. There's it's morals. That was a kid. They did. They were unarmed. Yeah. They didn't deserve the death penalty. This is a sad thing that happened. And for those of you listening, basically what she's saying is, um, like, if you think it's the 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 person that got shot, if you think it's his fault, you're a Republican. But <laughs> and if you but think that's what I'm saying, but, like, you, but you see how everyone picks that. When side, you see they people, fall into the they slot. check into what would my party, what would the stance my party would take be? Right. Then they're completely detaching themselves from the humanity of the situation, and right. that breaks my heart when it's about things like poverty and people are like well my party would say they should have pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps instead of being like that's a human person um how how would i feel in that situation Mm -hmm. what does the bible say about helping poor people like there are moral humanitarian questions you're supposed to ask yourself on a daily basis when it comes to interacting with other people and when you put your party in between you and your empathy makes me so sad personally and that's really why i kind of had to take a big step back was because of that stuff i was like i was like you know what little kids getting sick in cages with no parents shouldn't be a political question you're not you're not you're not on my fucking team that's not politics. anyone that's down with that you're not on my fucking team dude that's not politics that has nothing to do with being a fiscal conservative that has nothing to do with being if anything if you're religious if you're like a Christian, you should find that fucking horrifying. And it yeah. makes it, I, the cognitive dissonance kind of breaks my brain a little. Yeah. And I just, I had to kind of acknowledge that I'm maybe not in a place where I can handle it right now. Good. And it, it made me take a really big step back from, from political involvement because it, no. I was too emotional about it. No, good. Uh, listen, the, the, the Brechtian approach is only, only the, uh, a good thing when everyone's on the same side when when the Brechtian when, approach no meaning collective change no right? I know exactly we, right, yeah, we, yeah. Um, sorry for those of you at home I'm so sorry <laughs> the fuck it's a, it used to be a volleyball like, podcast right if this right? was our town yeah no but um, yeah. there's two there's two things that, that are important one the Brechtian approach only works if the collective change uh, is for something that's like you said it's apolitical yeah. um, two the reason why people have gone so far this way and far that way is what you were talking about. How about just say, hey, you know what? I was this way and, and I realized that's not the way to go. And do you know why people don't do that? Because we don't forgive. We don't yeah. fucking forgive, Alex. The penalty, right. the consequence, uh, because everyone's gone too far, the consequence is always death penalty equivalent. Yeah. Right? Someone says, someone says something wrong. Uh, they, they don't get suspended. They don't get reprimanded. You lose your fucking job. You're gone for, for 20 years of positive work where someone can take uh, uh, your worst moment. And I'm quoting someone. They take your worst moment, the uh, the worst time of your life, mm. and use that as a concentration and just cut everything else out. Sure. To paint this picture of right. you, uh, and that's who you are as a whole, as a person, as a collective whole. And it's unfair. So who the fuck is going to admit they're wrong? Well, who the fuck is going to openly admit they're wrong when the penalty is death? <laughs> what I actually think, I think this is where we divert a little, but it's it's okay. It's two sides of a very similar coin. Mm. I actually think that the problem is. I thought that was a dog barking. That was your straw. I was like, where is that dog? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, I, I think that uh, a big part of the problem is that it's very, very, very hard for people to face truths that make them question their own complic- com- uh, complicitness mm-hmm. and, and complacency. And so if, um, for example, Jordan Klepper, who did that show Opposition, 
Um, I love that guy. I, I saw him tape that show a few super times in necessary. New York. Yeah. The show is well, super necessary. Like very it or, good but questions. whether you like it or you don't, the show. And, yeah. and, and no one's ever done this for its originality. And, and it's totally, yeah. It's, it's super necessary. And Klepper. Sorry. It's a great No, no, no. It's Klepper. fine. He's back doing um, the campaign trail for The Daily Show, which is Jordan Klepper Fingers the Pulse. Yeah. Love that. Um, which I find. I find necessary, but also like anytime we get to like Trump supporters are so stupid. I'm like, that's the same. It's not the same because they they still have a lot of power and the people that they're ridiculing don't. It's not yeah. the well, same. Well, their machine's stronger. But exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. It's not equivalent, but it's still not cool to delight in the... It's schadenfreude is not cool, no matter what. Yeah. Um, but he was doing this thing uh, where he was... Um, she said Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. <laughs> oh, he's man. Yes, um, He was doing this thing where he was in Iowa and he was asking people why why they should be get to be the first state that votes in the primaries when they're a, an entirely, like a 90% homogenous state. Mm-hmm. And the debate is, well, maybe we should let a state with more diversity go. And the problem wasn't that anybody was, nobody was coming through with an actual argument of like, this is why we should actually be able to do it. Everybody got very sensitive and they were like, well, we have diversity in our heart. Oh, dear. Which isn't a thing. It doesn't matter how much you're okay with black people. You're not one. Um, Like, Mm. it it was a stupid thing to say, but it's an incredibly human response to, wait a minute, this means I have, is my, uh, is my... um, humanity being called into question am i are they calling me a bad person it's the same reason where when you point out that somebody something has said is racist they go i'm not a racist and you're like well i didn't i didn't say you were one i said what you just said was and that needs addressing but people people feel like their identity is being challenged and they're afraid to do the self-assessment that it takes to grow and improve their relationships with other people yeah and it's incredibly hard to do because people aren't in therapy like it yeah. comes back to the fact that mental health is totally We've stigmatized come full circle haven't we nobody's nobody's self-analyzing in a way that might challenge their worldviews because no. because it's really hard and incredibly uncomfortable no and i don't fault anyone for not wanting to do it but it's necessary to improve as a human being and it's also and necessary to identify ways that you're harming other people yeah and i don't want to sound cocky but not everybody is as comfortable in their own skin as we are no well right? i'm in, th- uh, I'm in uh, therapy um, twice a week yeah. i have to deal with my shit she, like, she, she's like i had to become comfortable in my own skin what no the choice. fuck are you talking about <laughs> Like, okay, Miranda has <laughs> come to Actually, no, no, no. she's like, she's like, I don't even want this camera. But on also, me. I mean, yeah. we went to theater school. We're at yeah. nine a.m. We had to like touch each other's faces and cry and talk about like times we were traumatized. Oh we did not have. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Theater school is weird. Mar- and it makes you, you see, incredibly. You see, you see why I'm, I'm me. You uh, see right? why we are the yeah. way that we are. Like Shit. you had to like do sense memory work where you had to like yeah. dredge up a time you were sad when you were twelve. Like it yeah. it, it it sets you up to be slightly more comfortable being mm-hmm. like um being being self analyzing. Uh-huh. I think for some people it makes them go in the other direction, but that's like anything. But like so we might have a head start. I think we do. You know what yeah. I mean? Me, um, it's hard. It's, look, I'm not saying it's not am... hard. I'm going to give you an example, and I'm going to ask you, how um, how do we fix this? Oh. Um, I believe sometimes smart people do stupid things. Yes, I believe I people of high integrity mm-hmm. uh, get caught up in a moment of weakness mm-hmm. where they're this, all right? And we both agree that um, 
just because someone says something stupid doesn't mean they're stupid. And I think the question is, how do we get everybody on, on the level of thinking that it's okay to, to make this mistake and no one's going to think that's who you are as a collective whole? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. um, um, I definitely have thoughts on I'll that. I'll give you an example. The politician uh, did a blackface thing, Halloween party, 1979. Are we talking about um, Justin Trudeau or are we talking about... No, 79 would have to be the guy from the South. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. 1979. Yeah. Now, for me, on a general level, it is very unfair for someone to take something you did in 1979 and say, that's who you are now, that's disingenuous, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. What you can do is take someone's behavior in 1979 and you see consistencies and then you see who they are now. Sure. And if who they are now identifies with this person either albeit mm-hmm. uh, maybe just a crude sense of humor not a racist just racially right. racially ignorant mm-hmm. um, how do we get people to say you're wrong and it's okay I mean how do you get people to accept that. to accept sure um, accept an apology that they're wrong and it's okay yeah uh, I I definitely have thoughts on that matter my opinion on that is like okay let's take Louis C.K. <laughs> Let's oh, just take Louis C.K. No, this is, this is... Uh, I was a big Louis C.K. I laughed too, come on. Yeah, I was a big Louis C.K. fan. I thought his comedy was very funny. I thought it was um, brave in the way that he talked about his own personal issues. Um, I didn't think it was perfect, no. but, I, but I, I, I enjoyed him. And then I remember reading the article like five years or like three years before it actually like any consequences happened where mm-hmm. these two female comedians were like, hey he did some fucked up stuff on the tour and this is what happened and nobody did anything like nothing happened they talked right. about it nothing he didn't happened. even get sent to the principal's office no yeah. i mean it's the same thing about how like um oh my god i was gonna say bing crosby bing crosby did nothing it's fine no. bill cosby that's who i mean <laughs> um, i want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> so but like bill cosby's um uh accusers were speaking out 10 years, 15 years before anything happened. Yeah. Like, there's a track record. It, it, it's established believability, not to mention people don't do that kind of shit for attention because the kind of attention they get is to have to, like, move their house because yeah. they're getting death. Oh, not to mention right. people who never knew each other telling the exact same story. Right. It's not like they all get together. I mean, that would be Plus, that would be, that would be done in meticulous detail if yeah, they did that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, this thing came out that Louis C.K. did. Nothing was done about it. I remember at the time being like, um, nothing was done about it. I don't really know how I feel about this. Um, having kind of a comp, like a uncomfortable but complicated response where I didn't entirely denounce him yet. Right. Um, which, which, if a friend of mine had come to me and told me something that happened to them, and I was, I was like, I don't know if I believe you. That would have been extremely hurtful to that friend. But I didn't know these people, and uh, it's a human response. So then, when when it came out, and then other people came forward, and it was like, yeah, this is a pattern, and mm-hmm. he basically confirmed that it was. I was like, this is not good. It's not the worst thing that could have happened. There's a there's a chance. There's a small ch- in my mind. I was like, there is a chance that he could come back from this and actually do. And what exactly was it? Edu- Educate the audience. On it this. was that he had, um, you know. Being being the headliner on the tour, he had was it a cop of field thing or was it no, a straight up rape it was, thing? It was um it was a uh, 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 indecent exposure thing. He 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 got them into a hotel room and then kind of like 
Wangled his will. Started started it. masturbating in front of them, and and tried not to let them leave. Told them. Well, he told them. He you can't was leave till I. Before. Wait, you yeah. can't. You can't leave till I jizz. This. I think it's. Um, I think Dave Chappelle talked about this in one of his. Yeah. Yeah. Stand up. But you can't leave till I jizz. I mean, it's similar. It's Harvey Weinstein did something like that too, where he like jerked off in front of someone in, into a potted plant, and obviously he did Why? a lot of horrible things, and that man deserves to rot in jail with his fucking. Walker, go fuck yourself. Anyway, um, so my response to that was, that was a shitty thing to do. That guy shouldn't have done that. He sh- he should have known better. He's an adult man. He has daughters. I mean, if you have, like, it drives me crazy when people are like, oh, I have a mother and a sister. I wouldn't want that to happen to them. Like, you shouldn't want it to happen to any woman because they're yeah. a human being. Like, it's that simple. But he has daughters, so that sh- he should be able to think, like, oh, this is a person. Maybe this person wouldn't like this, the way this feels. I have a lot of power. I'm not going to abuse that power by coercing these women into a situation where they feel violated and, and scared. Mm-hmm. That's not an okay thing to do. It's a wrong thing to do. That doesn't necessarily mean that he can't f- help heal the situation if you do make, something wrong like you can amends. make it right right instead he he like went away he issued like a non-apology where he was like I'm sorry she felt that way basically which drives me crazy that's not an apology is he contest- contesting that it was consensual um that it was no okay, that it was okay is that is that his defense his defense is i'm fucked up everybody knows i'm fucked up like you should have known this okay which well, not okay. Way to not you take responsibility I mean. yeah. as like a forty-eight-year-old man, but um, it drives me insane. He's an adult. Like that's yeah. how children respond. Yeah. Um, but then he like went away for six months, and then he came back doing a set in which he was like just doubling down and was like, "Fine, if I'm a villain, I'm gonna be a villain," and was like kids whose friends were killed in school shootings, fuck you. Like trans people, fuck you. He was just like doubling down to quote unquote be edgy and I'm sorry there's nothing edgy about shitting on people who have been discriminated against and murdered forever that's a very old thing to do that's a tired thing to do and And, I was so annoyed because I was like dude all you had to do was be like fuck do you remember the line I I was talking about I have some issues yeah do you remember the line I was talking about you asked me what's crossing the line as far as like what you say like but all he had to do was like Check, accept that he did something that hurt another person. Uh-huh. Check in with himself. Figure out why he did it and, and really understand why it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And issue a genuine apology. like it's, To them. To them. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't. He doubled and, and, down. And, and, maybe, it, and I don't know if you apologize to your fans because maybe the, the demographic of people that follow him don't think he needs to. But, but definitely apologize to them. I don't, I don't know if you need to apologize to fans. I think what you do need to do is accept responsibility of course, in front of fans. Because if that's between him and them, yes. Right. You gotta, yeah. I'll give you another example. Al Franken. Senator Al Franken, right? Right. That was a complicated was, um, one. Basically, uh, for those of you at home, and, 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 I, and I did a lot of reading up on this, because yeah. he's someone that, you know, I, I watch a lot of alternative political talk shows, sure. like Jesse Ventura had something he was on, and he's, and mm-hmm. he's on both channels, uh, both major networks, all three major networks. Yeah. He, a few years ago, in a pol- um, Saturday Night Live, that's mm-hmm. like this weirdly politically incorrect and sometimes sexually charged environment, thought it was okay to like grab someone or whatever, just like, or play grab or whatever, yeah. this and that. So... Ten years later happens. Mm-hmm. Girl comes out. She's like, you know what? I had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Al Franken says, you know what? I didn't think it was a problem, but if you do, I apologize. I'm sorry. She's like, you know what? 
I accept your apology. And they still right. went for his I kind of feel like Al Franken head. is the only actual victim of cancel culture because in so many ways, cancel culture is not real. Like, But, for, oh, but, but to me, that's an Kevin example. Kevin Hart doesn't get to host the me, Oscars, but he get a, gets a Netflix documentary. No, but like, to you me, know what I mean? Like, no, but to me, yeah, exactly. Oh, cancel Kevin culture Hart, doesn't exist. Kevin Hart, man. That <laughs> Except for in some certain cases. And mm-hmm. I think he was he was a victim of the time when it happened and... But what drives me, what like bums me out about it he is when it's... He fucked up. He apologized. All, she accepted his apology. Right. No, no, no. I agree. I, I agree that yeah. he shouldn't have lost his job over that. No. It just bums me out because he was like in his 30s when that happened. That one, he didn't know better. That that mm-hmm. was a, like a not okay thing to do. It drives me crazy when adults don't know And how things. do you know what's okay or not when the same night she goes on stage and she makes out with Robin Williams? Well, because that was her, she, like, consent. Dude, well, did Robin Williams say, I mean. I don't know. I well, don't know. he's dead, now he's going to come back and say, you know what, I took exception to that. I don't know. I actually don't know. That's a very good question. I don't know. But I mean, but but the thing is, it's not just him. A lot of people don't understand consent. And that, that realization really blew my mind. I was like, it's, Miranda it's it should was, be so simple. Dude, Miranda was in my last podcast when I talked about, Miranda, remember. It's a uh, great podcast. No, yeah. Remember I was talking... What? Talk- <laughs> What's happening? Well, we, talk- we, we covered Harvey Weinstein up, at least yeah. three fucking that times. That motherfucker. I had um, Jason Olive on the show. He's uh-huh. on um, Tyler Perry's um, um, House of Pain. But he was also All-American at U of H. He's a, a volleyball player. So he was my crossover yeah. that helped that allowed me to do all this. Sure. Uh, Drew Cannon. And then I had Jeff Samuels. And I was like, there's rape. Um, and then there's politically correct and there's this gray area where you're like do I kiss her first sure. um, does she kiss me back do I ask to kiss her or mm-hmm. whatever and me personally I got into this long story and I'm not going to do it again because there are some people that actually follow every episode sure. they want to hear the same story again I've only made the first move twice yeah in my life as far as kissing someone first yeah I've only made the same the first move twice I'm 50 this year and it's because the first time was so extreme and the second time was even worse than extreme it was accommodating right. Like she kissed me back, and at the, and in my mind, like looking back retrospectively, uh, or not now, but but uh, that recency bias, um, she did it because it was you know it's not bad, and and you know I'm not it's not a bad thing, it's not you know it's not right, what I wanted right, to right. do, so so it was one of those things where I actually ended up apologizing because it was on my fucking mind because I yeah. kissed because I kissed her twice right. that day, a student of Marymount actually. Uh, um, and um, when I apologized, she said, thank you. Like, for the you know, apology? thank you for reading my mind on that one. Yeah. And I just said, fuck, I, I ain't kissing nobody. <laughs> I ain't kissing. Cause yeah. the, no, because listen, the first time it happened, the girl was like, motherfucker, you lost your mind. <laughs> you know, so that, that, that's the extreme example, you yeah. know, where you get held out. Oh, okay, shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was wrong. But the second time, the second time was worse because she... <laughs> She went with it. And it's this thing. It's this place under this yeah. place where men and women get to meet and talk. And I got that from John Patrick Shanley on Drew McZemz's pillow. Mm-hmm. There's a place under this place where men meet uh, meet and talk like mammals. And it's old and it's deep and it's time tested. It's old as the fucking stars. You know it. I know it. Fucking Harvey Weinstein should have fucking known better. And that's these are guys where if you, your sexual maturity... It's not like a Michael Jackson thing. Your sexual maturity dictates uh, your conscience after it happens. We're like, 
even if you fuck up, just come back and say I'm sorry. Or just come back and say do, you, do, and we, a, and do we need to have a conversation about that? And then adjust your habit. If you, you realize yeah. you've done something that's fucked up, don't do that fucked up thing anymore yeah. and take responsibility for the fucked up thing you did. Or find somebody that's and have like I a sit down people. and be like, look, I like to get slapped. You need to. Yeah. Yes. You have my no, authorization so, to to rough me the fuck up. Can I just <laughs> say, like, I got so annoyed during when like the Me Too movement was first happening and everybody was like pouring out their stories. I mean, I contributed a few like everybody we all that's why it's here, here. me too we all have fucking been through some fucked up shit with some predators and or or normal guys who don't realize they're doing anything wrong but it was still fucked up you know what i mean right. and it drove me crazy that guys would be like well it's like you can't even shake a woman's hand anymore right. and it's oh, like so you make that a logic they make that a logical leap. Like, i'm like there's a lot you of can shake area. my hand you can't then pull my hand to your dick like why are you having <laughs> a hard time my head. with this like and and like oh I'm oh god I hit the microphone I'm passionate um, it's Apo- like, apologize I'm, so, I'm sorry I'm so sorry um, like like oh I don't know how to interact with women at work anymore how are you interacting with them before that makes you think that you might get in trouble for like molesting somebody right. were you slapping an ass like maybe don't do that at, at work it's right. work you shouldn't be yeah. touchy feeling or talking about inappropriate things and anyway it's the workplace and that cross use your that's, fucking adult no, but, brain but that's what but that's that's exactly what i'm trying to get at right mm. now there's a big gray area right where actually touching someone and you don't know them that well that crosses that gray area where sure. you're where you're on the other side mm-hmm. right and then there's a level of sexual assault then on yeah. an extreme mm-hmm. the extreme of course is Yes. Uh, and then all the way over here is I can't, can't you can't say wow that's a really nice dress that's you know well thought out without thinking that's harassment um, where I think that falls on the inside part of this gray. Well, so like so remember when the cat calling debate was happening and like somehow I woke yeah. up one day and the news decided to talk about cat calling for yep. two weeks and yeah. I was like again this is something we should just all understand you know what i hate about that do you you remember the video the video that went viral um the video was super necessary i didn't like it at the time i live the video (laughs) i didn't like it at the time i'm a prisoner i was a prisoner of the moment and i didn't like it at the time and i'll uh uh, and i'll get into that the why later no but you you just said you were a prisoner of the moment like super but looking back retrospectively like it or hate it super necessary because it makes people have a fucking conversation here's what i didn't like about it what it's it was heavily edited that it that it omitted anyone that was Caucasian. Everyone that you was think? hitting on that girl was fucking black or Latino. Yeah. How many fucking blacks and Latinos do you see in Midtown Manhattan in the middle of the day? Uh, yeah. Um, maybe the construction workers. Maybe those guys or this or that. And all of those guys are white. Yeah. All right. You're gonna tell me this girl went past a, a construction site and a white person didn't fucking didn't say, "Wow, I wish I had a swing like that in my backyard." Sure. You know. Uh. Uh. uh you know. Wow, I hate to see her go. <laughs> what? I hate to see her go, but I love to watch her leave. You know. Uh, yeah. You know. You trying to tell me that this girl who's That's Wearing totally a tight fair, fitted yeah. shirt where the where the boobs are sticking up, where even other women are gonna look at it. Sure. They're not gonna say nothing about she it. She can wear whatever the fuck she wants, though. No, but no, but the, to me, it's don't say anything. Uh, yeah, uh, mind look, your look, yeah, don't undress them with your eyes. No, no but there are some girls who they could wear normal clothes and they're pretty, they're pretty enough, or there are features that stand out where either other people, other girls are yeah. like, God damn, something's wrong with your back. Let me tell you something. <laughs> When I was, before, I had a breast reduction surgery when I was 18. I used yep. to be 32 double G. Was that before Conceal Her? Yes. Okay. 
Um, Shit. And I was a, t- and I was a teenager. <laughs> and I was a teenager. Like, And so I had like grown men like leaning out of cars and like saying what they wanted to do to me. And mm-hmm. I was like 14 years old. Yeah. And like, it's, it's undeniably unequivocally fucked up. Yeah. And I remember this one news lady, it was Fox News, and she was like, they were all like, see, this is what I mean about like politicizing issues that shouldn't be political. They were like, well, the liberals don't like it, so we're going to have to take the stance that it's good. And so all of a sudden, everybody was like, catcalling's great. And so this one woman on this, it was like Fox and Friends or something, and she was like, I don't know about you ladies, but when I go out and I walk past a construction site and they don't say things to me, I'm offended. And I was like, listen, lady, a kink is a kink. I'm not here to kink shame you. I'm not here to fetish shame you. Mm -hmm. You like what you like, and that's great. Some people like being pissed on. Doesn't mean that everybody should get pissed on just in case they like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... A kink is a kink. You might like it. That doesn't mean the rest of us should have to deal with it just in case we like it. Yeah. I heard two elderly ladies at Starbucks having that conversation. (sighs) They're like, they're not calling anymore. And she's like, I've officially arrived. I'm old. And she's like, me too. They're not calling anymore. But it's like, but it's like one of those validation. Yes. And that's the point I was trying to make. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) I've had a guy. I remember a guy came up to me on the subway and he complimented me in a way where I was like, that's how you do it. That's how you fucking do it. He came up to me. He didn't like do this thing where he's like, take your headphones out. He didn't. No, I was standing there like, like I didn't have any cues saying don't talk to me which should always be respected because it's usually because of safety it's usually because people have been attacked and they're scared like I've been attacked on the street and that's why I'm scared of men on the street like and men should be aware of this and and take responsibility for how scary they might be whether they mean it or not yeah but so this guy came up to me and was like hey I'm sorry to bother you I just want to say I really like your style I think you look great today and I was like Thank you. And then he got You're like, on, damn. Was and that? then he got on his train and he went away. Yes. Yeah. That's how you compliment somebody. You do not yeah. follow them. You don't say something sexual. You don't look at their tits Yo. and their ass yeah, in a way your, that like is your is you your hus- is your husband married? If you don't know how to <laughs> right? compliment a woman, it is your job to figure that out by yeah. talking to other men. It is not our job yeah. to make it easier for you. The only thing that And if you're scared that your compliment is going to no. be read as harassment, Keep your fucking mouth shut until and you figure it out. And dude, I thank God that I was raised by women. My real father I never met. My mom really? married again. My um, my stepfather got him got him around when I was ten, mm. and that that's the guy that taught me how to that old school. Um, it, uh, it, it might not help, but it doesn't hurt. That kind of old school gentleman thing, like hold yeah, the hold the hold the chair for a woman, sure. let her go. You know, let, might not uh, hurt, but it doesn't. Up, hu- yeah, um, might not help, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. So, so the old school virtue, as far as like how to uh, be respectful to women, I learned from him. But how to treat a lady, just came from having three sisters, three sure. aunts, or whatever. And I talk to people on the train all the time. But the cool thing is. The same on a class structure, the same person thing I would say to a homeless person, the same thing I would say to a billionaire. So yeah. that's on that's on a on a unisex. I don't think thing. there's anything wrong with but talking like, to but people like on, on the street. But like if a girl's jogging and she looks good, uh, I, I she'll run by and I'm like, hey. Trust me, it's worth it. You know, I will say something like that. I'm like, trust me, it's worth it. And the way I say it, it's yeah. not like I'm coming at her like, oh my God, you yeah. know, I want I want some want me some of that. Uh, yeah. this girl jogged by and said, Trust me, it's worth it. You know, See, my, and, she, my, and she just goes, she goes, she does this and just keeps going, like I said, yeah. and go about our business. Right. I mean, you know and you saying? probably figured a, out a way to do, a way it to do it that isn't, that isn't and, and imposing. Th- yeah. And I thank God I never had to go through like, that. Because like, all it comes down to is acknowledging mm-hmm. that 
living as a woman is like navigating an obstacle course of sexual danger. Yes. And like we keep our fucking keys between our yeah. hands and we have to like text each other where we're going so that if we don't arrive, this, all the extra they know that this we're is, murdered. This is like, as awake as this woman's been the entire yes, podcast. Yes, but that's what I'm dude. saying. Like all, mm. if, if men understand that that's how much labor we have to do every day just to get through the day, they'll probably... I mean, if and if they have any empathy about it, then they'll know they'll know how to talk to us because they'll just be thinking for a second. If I say this or if I move like this, am I going to scare her? It's yeah. that simple. And, and you I don't want to scare her. The don't, don't scare people. To, for the guys that aren't aware of it, I think that was yeah. the craziest thing to me that I had to explain to my boyfriend <gasps> and my guy friends. Like, no, I carry this on my key so I can keep it between right. my hands because if somebody runs up on me and me as like a six yeah. foot like female. That. Shouldn't mm-hmm. have to, like, I'm bigger than most guys, and I'm still worried. So right, because it has nothing even really to do with yeah. that. It's also about your environment, too. Like, it, let's say I lived in, I grew up in Flappish Avenue, mm-hmm. and it was really nice until it became just really dangerous. Really? Um, Harlem, you know, sure. night can be kind of scary if you're not familiar with that territory, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't identify black and white, where this fear just comes in. And those are examples of neighborhoods where, like, if you're a man, Yes, you're, you're still gonna be you're still you're still worried about it. So I, I yeah. kinda get I take that and multiply that by three. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how a woman feels. Yeah, you and, know, and, um, and anywhere. And, uh, all the yeah. time. Anywhere. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't really matter what and, neighborhood because it'll happen in any yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. I remember like I was living in the in the Bronx. Well the I, more familiar the neighborhood, the more the more it might happen with someone you know. Right, exactly. Which I mean, it does. Yeah, remember, that's even scarier. people like people who like get to know you I'm in not, a friendly way yeah. and then they turn on you. It's yeah. so I'm not, I'm not, so disappointing. And you know, yeah, we're not talking about like that um that guy on the six train that like raped six women. Do you remember that story in New York? Um, Did you hear the one that just happened about the guy who literally picked the girl up and tried to run her off the train? Yeah. That was yeah. ridiculous. They got the, luckily, let him try that. Let him try that shit with her. Well, they I got know, they got. Let him try that shit with her, yo. She was Thank asleep. God. She was asleep. <gasps> yeah. And her boyfriend was sleeping next to her. Yeah. Yeah. This one would have. He would have caught a three piece on the, the street. Soda the boy. street handled mm-hmm. him because they found him and they beat the shit out of him and turned him into the police. Because if you yeah. see a girl getting, you know, carried out with a guy, you should maybe do something about it. But like yeah. extreme examples like that are not what we're talking about. Like that guy on the six train. <clears> basically, <throat> anyone that's rode the six train, there's a stop between the next to last stop and Brooklyn Bridge mm-hmm. where the train sits between stops. Yeah. And for if it's late, mm-hmm. and if it's at night. Um, and it's tw- the train has 10 cars and there's a motorman in the front and there's a conductor in the yeah, middle that's there's why it's a really whole scary lot to be of fucking there's a whole lot of uh, uh, shit that could happen by some freak out there who's uh, I, I don't know whose dick I guess his dick is already ready <laughs> I right? mean, how does that happen did they, they, they just walk around with a hot 97 rhyme ready so those are extreme examples right it's just like yeah just uh, <laughs> just get me sure get, those are extreme yeah. examples um, but the, the examples we're talking about is being in a neighborhood where you see, someone sees you all the time. You know their face. They know your face. Yeah. You don't know them. You ain't fishing buddies or nothing, right? No. You ain't. You, um, but that's the person. You're like, is this the person that's going to fuck with me tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, dude. Uh, going, going back to the question that you asked me a, a bit ago um, about how... How did you phrase it? How how we can how forgive do we people? Get people? Yeah, how do we get people to understand it's okay, and how do we forgive? From it's, it was the question was twofold. Is, so if you if you if you can answer one of those things, yeah. uh, and we're gonna wrap up in a bit, that yeah. that's that's a win. <laughs> My perspective on that is it's an, it's the responsibility of the person who did the hurtful thing uh-huh. to respond accordingly. Right. If 
if more people like if that politician had been like can you fucking believe i did blackface that is so fucked up I nobody was, should be doing no, that I, I was so uneducated back then yeah but like but it, and it was halloween but, and it was halloween of no, no, course no. i didn't think i did anything wrong but i'm not into that i'm yeah. not into like hey like it's understandable why i did it i'm into i'm a grown-up now and i yeah. can understand why why you guys find that so fucking horrible i've actually re- spent the time to research the history of blackface in america and it's horrifying but don't you and see I the correlation I did something stupid, but I'm, but I'm. I take responsibility for having done that, and I am sorry. Right. If if he had responded like that, then people have no business. Not, and then and but then you know th- that's not the correlation. Understanding. No, but apologizing and understanding the why are, are binary in this case. I agree. Right. Yes. So. But I just mean if your only response is to go on the defense, yeah. Then I don't really care about yeah. about how you're treated after that because you haven't taken actual responsibility. Yeah. If, well, you, if your response is to genuinely delve into how and why you hurt someone and what your participation in that was and how you can make it better, of course, that's there's, a real apology. Yeah, well, of course, there's a difference between saying it was totally innocent and I'm sorry, and or it was totally innocent. Yeah. Well. Right. And, but I mean, kids say they're sorry because they know it's going to get them off the hook. Yeah. Saying I'm sorry that I hurt you. Because I did this. Yeah. That's a genuine adult yeah. apology. That's I work with kids. I try to teach them to yeah. do that all the time. If you but, but, if you kick your sister, but don't you agree that and if you say some, sorry, go ahead. if you kick your sister and you say I'm sorry I was mad, that's not a real apology. No. If you kick your sister and go sorry, that's not a real apology either. That's what you say to get yourself off the hook. If you kick your sister and then you say I'm really sorry that I hurt you. I bet that probably feels awful. I, I'm going to try not to do it again. If you that's kicked, a, that's if you kicked your sister six years ago, because you were a generally angry person back then, right. and you said it came from this ridiculous place, and I'm sorry, that, I'm not that person anymore. That's synonymous to what I'm talking about. Right. My as mistake long as was it innocent. It was Halloween. <laughs> it was Halloween. We were all fucking stupid back then, and we're, and hopefully all of those people are as sorry as I am now because right. I'm not that person yeah. now. And, and 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 like you said, and 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 that that does answer my question. Yeah. Holy shit! You just knocked it out. It was a two part question. No, it's a two part question. She just knocked it out twofold, dude. That's me playing like, baseball. <laughs> you gonna bat lefty all day? Go socks. Kidding, that's your right. <laughs> She's like, is this lefty? I don't know. I was just trying to mess with you. <laughs> She's like, apologize. Apologize. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I was a, I was a fool back then. That was a long time ago. Okay. Now I realize that I'm not that person yeah. that messes with people's left and right. <laughs> I accept your apology. Oh my god, I accept yeah. your hand. Shake Aww. my hand. It's girl. probably really sweaty. Look, this, look when that's... when this place is hot. It's so we, hot in here. Do you know what? We well, I like you. it hot for two reasons. One, the central air, you know, messes with the feed. I don't have pad or walls sure, or whatever. Yeah. But two, when it's hot and you have something to talk about. Gets you there. Yes. Oh, torture. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. shit. Go so ahead, my answer to the question is mm-hmm. if the person who did something hurtful makes a genuine apology while taking full responsibility, yeah. then then it is the onus of the people involved to forgive. Right. It is, it is not the onus of the people who are bearing witness to do extra work to forgive if that person right. hasn't done that work themselves. Right. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's like, who are you? Who are and you, it's hard. Who were you back then and who are you now? Well, and, and, all, and but also not know, ma- make sure that you're not like dismissive about it because no. Cause, somebody, no, cause, somebody's response to blackface is so valid no but the apology comes with it sure if, look if i did a blackface thing back then and and i'm a different person now 
they're binary. The, um, I apologize because that was stupid. That was I'm not that person. I'm certainly not that person now. Yeah. But, but but and I yeah. understand exactly why this hurts you. Yeah. Like I don't think that guy took full responsibility for like. I mean, look at you. Still have white fucking sororities doing I'm blackface s- now. They clearly don't. Well, under- they clearly haven't learned. Listen, about- I. I didn't fully educate myself on on uh, the 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 the, illog- the the logic or, or or to me it was illogical then until recently because I, mean, I because, learned about it in theater school. Look, you got <laughs> you got. Uh, I was a wrestling head back then. You had D Generation X um, imitate Nation of Domination. They did blackface. Mm-hmm. You have Robert Downey Jr. playing a fucking black guy, which yeah. is which he has. He has whatever. Uh, he has um 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 uh, immunity because he's playing a character. And I guess and you gotta, sure you, and you got to let it was done work. within a particular context. Uh, um, and I can I can understand. So it's one of those things where someone who's identifies being black. I I grew up on Flatbush Avenue. I identified half of my life being African American, yeah. just a light skinned brother. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where there are so many black people. That are that didn't see the sense that are just educating themselves. I'm like, okay, I see mm. what's wrong, and that motherfucker shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got yeah. some, he got some explaining to do. Right. So, so, um, and the, th- and the thing is, it's okay if somebody does something out of ignorance, so long as they actually learn from it. Yeah. And and, and but for the people who are doing it now, especially, learn. but the, for the people who are doing it now, especially. Um, mindfully aware that it's 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 a hot button topic and why it's wrong and Ma'am, histo- historically why like, it's wrong. Yeah. What, the, what fuck the fuck are you doing? How could you possibly think that's fine? Like, the, use your brain for what's five our, seconds. We're gonna end this podcast by saying that's they are a compilation of our favorite word, our favorite curse word, motherfuckers. Close asshats. Yes. Dipshits. <laughs> Dipshits. 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 So we can all agree that people who do blackface. Are dipshits and asshats. Yeah. Yeah. Asshats. Yes, wearing your ass great, for a hat. That's a great place to land. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we, heard, we cracked our first two hours. I like it. Hey. We got we got one hour, 59 minutes twice. <laughs> <laughs> but we, my my dear girl, we plowed through this with a tank. And you're not taking no bus back. I'm going to give you a ride, okay? Oh, thanks. Um, um, it also gives me an excuse. I'm, um, I'll tell you why when we get off the All air. All right. Um, <laughs> Love you, Alex. Love you, Love too. you, Alexandra. And it's me. so good seeing you. Love and both of you. For my tech, my hostess with the Moses, that's Miranda Gagne right there. This Sass. is Alex right there. I am. That's Alex right there. I am Jason DeBiss. And for all of you, I say, love you so long. Don't let him answer your chunks. Clumps. Clumps. <laughs> Bam, right there. Oh